Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Live. We are live. We're live live. Welcome back to Slick and Thick, ladies and gentlemen. Brought to you by Ruby's Flowers WI.com. That's Ruby's Flowers WI.com. It's your boy, Thicky Smalls, the funniest man you never heard of, Gerard Michaels. And to my left, at six foot three, two hundred pounds, and every single one of them is a problem. The master of punks, the tamer of sages, the king of the ring himself, the one, the only, the great one, the greatest one. Mickey Gall, how we doing, Mick? Doing great. Happy to be here. Not only are you happy to be here. I decided on next episode, I'm doing the introduction. Is that right? Yeah. Why don't you introduce yeah, our I guest then? Give it a you. give it a test run. We have the great, the innocent Sal Greco in the house. Sal Greco, what's up, Sal? How you doing, man? It's great to be here, Gerard. It's great to be here, Mickey. I mean, uh, maybe I should call you Brock Lesnar. I mean, yeah, I know you're a. Uh MMA star. He wishes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm also six foot three, but today I feel smaller. I just feel a little smaller. No, you're looking good. You're looking yeah, good look in the suit. Look at you, bro. Yeah. yeah. Little heel turn. I feel like a slob up in here. Yeah, so slob right, on. Right. Little heel turn. Little heel turn yeah. over here. Speaking of heel turn, Sal, why don't you tell the people in your words who you are and why we, we need to hear your story? All right. Well, we'll, we'll start where uh, I was a New York City police officer for 14 years. I served my city with distinction. I have an unblemished record. And then uh, along the way, I became friends with uh, the infamous Roger Stone. Roger Stone is my friend. And this irked certain people in the police. Give a little background of of Roger Stone. Because I just just watched his, uh, he has a documentary on Netflix called Get Me Roger Stone. That I just watched this weekend. And I really familiarized myself with him. But uh, tell us a little bit more about him. So uh, Roger has been in the political field for over 40 years. He's been an advisor and friend to President Nixon, uh, Senator Bob Dole. He was an advisor and a friend also to Ronald Reagan. And, of course, he's been a 40-year-plus friend, and he also worked for President Donald Trump. So he's, well, he's the most, most well-known for being Trump's advisor, Trump's friend. Now, you said the infamous Roger Stone. The infamous. The infamous. He's not always been on the uh, – he's, he's fine. He's a – as, as uh, I like to say, he's a habitual line stepper. Is that correct? <laughs> habitual line stepper. He's a habit – as the great – as the late great Charlie Murphy would say, he's a habitual line stepper, right? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's one that like um, – he's not afraid to sling uh, mud. He's not allowed he's – not, he's not afraid to be in the mud. He's a mud slinger, we'll say. He gets in the midst of things, and he gets under people's skin. And sometimes people like to call him a dirty trickster. I mean, he's never called himself that. Other people have labeled him that. He's definitely not that. I've always seen the real Roger Stone is always the other side of him. Some of it you saw in the documentary, but he gets a very bad rap. Because. I enjoyed the documentary. I really enjoyed him, like as a character, and like. Well, it's like, a, that's him. He's a character. Yeah, it's. I I, I thought it was great. And you notice, uh, you know, President Trump said it himself. You know, Roger's a character. You know, everybody knows Roger. You know, he's. A, they call him all these things, but he's fired him, guy. rehired him, fired him, oh, rehired yeah. him. Yeah. Well, that's how it is with them. You know, the one minute they get they're getting along, next minute they have a small argument, and they hugging again. It's just the way it is. You know? Yeah, he seems 40. like he gives zero fucks. That's how like, it is. You know what I mean? He's, like he he really he really gives zero. Roger yeah. is Roger is as straightforward as could be. I mean, people see him a certain way or in a certain light, but I'm telling you, 
He's Sicilian like me, and he's very much Sicilian in the way he Roger Stone is Sicilian. That's great. No shit. Yes. Yes. Oh, and his mother's side, he's half Sicilian. Ah. Is Stone his real last name? I think not. Nah, it's, it's like me. Like my mother's a Santoro. Uh-huh. His mother's probably has a vowel in the end. Uh, yeah, know? his mother has a different last name, but he always says he's Sicilian from the waist down. Uh, hey, hey, God, right? Is that? It, it, I'm gonna give it. Yeah, that, that's probably what he put in his uh, in his want ads that got him in trouble back in '96. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Uh, Is that how you guys met? Did you guys meet reading want ads in the back yeah, of Men's right. Fitness? Or the funny part? I met him on. Of all things, I met him on Instagram. It was 2018. Uh, it was early 2018, and I and I was on Instagram, and I started following Roger because I've known about Roger for many many years, back from the 90s and or the 80s and 90s. And then I followed his, and I kept hearing his name being mentioned. And I I, I was a big follower of Alex Jones. You know, I've been watching Alex Jones for many years, and I said Roger's on the show all the time. I'm like, but what's the what is the problem they have with Roger? And they were trying to say this whole Russian collusion. Nonsense! They were trying to say that Trump is involved with this and Roger and the, uh, other advisors, uh, Paul Manafort and all this crazy stuff. So I, so I go on his page and I'm like, see the comments. And Roger says, he puts a picture up and, you know, he's like, whatever, I'm a longtime friend of President Trump. And, what, and then on the bottom, you'll see all these crazy comments and people cursing him out, wishing him death, his family... You're a traitor to this country. I mean, this is long before he was indicted, man. He wasn't indicted till January of 2019. I'm talking about early, you know, 2018. What, what was he indicted for? They said that he lied to Congress. Okay. Lying to Congress, which is, you know, I don't even know what kind of crime. Per, is that perjury? It's a white-collar crime, I guess. It is, but it's pretty, it's pretty hilarious where our congressmen, our politicians lie nonstop all day, every day. Dr. Constantly Dr. talking about both sides of the but mouth. If, Constantly <laughs> contradicting But themselves. if you lie to them... Yeah. Straight, straight to Joe. You, you straight I think that's going to be a theme of this podcast, kind of the selective rule following. The that's selective right, rule following. You know? You're on this yeah. The selective rule following. Now, for people that don't know, obviously, you know, fans of the show know that, that one of the great things about Slick and Thick here is that we'll talk deep into geopolitics, and then we'll also talk about eating Pop Rocks out of a chick. So, like, we go back and forth here, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. But the, uh, oh my God. for people that don't know, Roger Stone can almost be considered, for better or worse— I go both ways with him, right? He's the mo- he might be the father of modern politics. He I, he could be known as the the father of modern American. From politics. what standpoint? From How the so? standpoint of uh, going low to win, doing whatever like it takes to win, mudslinging, mud taking it to a level that's like there was a time. In America, that no was prisoners. kind of yeah, kind of post Tammany Hall. We we had World War One, World War Two. The the country was very much together, and then you know there were some cracks in the in the 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 foundation. Let's say, remember Eisenhower when he was leaving office says, "You guys better do something about this military industrial state." Right. Truman, Eisenhower was a Republican. Truman was a Democrat. Truman, who basically empowered the CIA to become what it is today. Ten years later, goes. Ah, I probably shouldn't have done that. That's the, the CIA is too powerful. Republican and Democrat both telling you, watch out for the deep state. And now you have people for a very long time not admitting it. You had Kennedy. Everybody knew he was running around with Monroe. Nobody would report about it. There was kind of like that detente, right? And then Roger Stone says, Nah. If it happened, we're talking about it. Mm. If it didn't happen, we're talking about it. 
And that's kind of, you know, where we are in American politics today. One side goes, the other side goes further, the other other side goes further. There's no real good guys in this, but Roger Stone really is one of the first people to kind of break that detente, you know, and really okay. bring in this kind of, like the if it bleeds, it Like leads. the commercials you see with, like, the don't, like, elect this guy. This guy's a blah, 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 blah. Yep, exactly. Like that's, that was, he kind of revolutionized that. Yeah, he did. So. Yeah, he did, yes. He has a hand in all of that, yeah. 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 But I, I, you say you see him as the godfather of let's say it a hand in Watergate as well. He was he wasn't involved in. He just happened to be. Uh, he was like a, amongst. Yeah, he's a, he's one of the low. I think he was a, a staffer or something. He okay. was not really involved, but he was uh, brought in. He, he's on the he's on that list. He was one of the people they questioned. He and listen, I'm not I'm not negging Roger Stone. This is something he's almost proud of. He says he's Machiavellian. It's very yeah. uh, very you know uh, what he said. It's better to be infamous than to not be famous <laughs> at all. Stones Stones rules Stones rules. I got a whole list so of them on the, my uh, phone. I looked them up after watching the doc. I was like, I love this guy. Yeah, it's, he's, he, remi- he reminds me of the Al Davis. Remember the old Raiders yeah, coach? Yeah, of course. He's the win, Al baby, Davis win. Above. Just win, baby. Yeah. Just win. The ends justify the means. Um, the unfortunate thing is that the Democrats went and took this to a whole yeah. nother level. But I would say that the actual, I believe the godfather of the movement was actually Roy Cohn. Roy Cohn is... Okay. Okay. And, and Roy Cohn and Roger were also very close. And Roy Cohn was also... Donald Saul Alinsky would, would want his hat in this ring, too. <laughs> Roy, the, the rules for radicals would want to be mentioned, you know. Well, the that's side the opposite yeah. side. But Roy Cohn, Roy Cohn was Donald Trump's personal attorney at one point. Yeah. And Roy Cohn was also part of the whole... With the McCarthy, and he was an anti-communist, as you know. And Roy Cohn was really a guy It was... If Roger is today's version of what you saw in the last 40 years Roy Cohn was the one that really started it. yeah he was writing articles he wrote his own articles for the New York Post he didn't even know about he was ghost writing he would just tell the reporter what to write the tragedy is writing about himself the, tra- himself. the oh, tragedy wow. of McCarthy Senator McCarthy was he was right in the beginning there were communists yeah. Yeah. that had infiltrated mm. the government but I was all again Roy Cohn was uh, spearheading the whole movement he was the he was the lawyer doing all this all the work mm-hmm. and then eventually became a criminal defense attorney and people Christian just, look it up if you can I think it's Alger Hiss it was a uh, FD he was a, an advisor to FDR, and it turned out that he was an operative for the, for the Kremlin at the time. Alger Hiss, if I remember. Alger Hiss, Alger Hiss. Alger Hiss. Yeah. And so McCarthy was right. There were communists, and they had infiltrated the government. They had infiltrated state legislatures. Uh, but where he, where he went crazy is, you know. You don't hear about communists that yeah. much anymore, unless you're talking to you. <laughs> no, well, they've rebranded. You know what I mean? Like, they've they don't rebranded. Like, I school, they, they've in rebranded schools, like, it's not. It's like, oh, the, the McCarthyism <laughs> was, like, all about craziness. Like, oh, he was yes. so over the top. And, because it did. You know it, I mean? like, it ended almost, like, put way. it down. It did end that way. Yeah. It's, it reminds me of the, uh, the Dark Knight, right? You... You either die the hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah, it's great very movie. similar to that. That's a great movie. Yeah, almost like my life has become. So great, you were the movie. hero, and now you've lived long enough to see yourself become the villain. That's right. So you grew up in uh, Bensonhurst That's in right. Brooklyn, New York. Grew up in Bensonhurst. That was a uh, uh, 18th Avenue kid. I grew up over there. I was born there. 18th Avenue kid. Yeah, that was a uh, not a lot of cops coming from that area. You'd be surprised. That's the 62nd precinct, by the way. But you'd be surprised how many cops or in uh, federal agents or you know whatever in law enforcement actually came from this area. Now that area of the country is more readily associated with anti-police activity than with police activity. Yes, it was uh, very much working people. He also had um, organized crime figures walking around and running things. You had uh, law enforcement, you had doctors, you had, you know, it, it was, the whole neighborhood was mixed, but everybody kind of understood what everybody else was doing, but we all learned to just mind our business, especially mm. me, I was just a young kid, and I was just, 
I, I wasn't even allowed past the block, I believe, until it was. Who, who was kind of controlling the block when you were uh, a kid? You were coming up. Well, I, I would say more of a, you, 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 you respected these uh, figures. We'll say they were may or may not have been in organized crime, but the police, you would see them come, and people had respect for them, and they would say hello. This isn't the police that you see of today where it is all this hostility going sure, back and forth. But sure. back in that day, they were around and they would come out of car and say hi to you. And, you know, everyone had a rapport. Community policing. No matter what. Even if, you know, we'll get into my case, but, like, if there was a alleged organized crime figure and there was a cop in the car, they would say hello to each other because maybe one guy doesn't like that a certain person or maybe someone who's a criminal is standing on a corner doing something. Right. Whether you don't like this guy or you want to see him as an alleged crime figure or whatever, but but this person reaching out to the police officer who now can do, hey, what are you talking about? Is yeah. a guy, that's that's our corner. You understand? So you have extra eyes in the street. Yeah. I'm not saying everybody's working with each other, but it was like an understanding back in the 80s that I don't... I to protect seen, against the real bad guys. And I don't, I, yeah, I, don't, I haven't seen that since. And if, listen, the huh. organized crime figures get out of hand, look, you saw that you know they all went down one by one. I mean, Rudy, mm-hmm. Rudy, Rudy Giuliani came in and he he really tried to clean that up. Yep. First as uh, as an attorney, as a prosecutor, and then as the mayor, he did mm-hmm. a great job as a mayor. But then, of course, talking about a guy who was a hero who lived long enough to see him. I mean, this was oh, yeah, America's mayor. And, yeah. and for people that don't know, they got New him York on Borat, almost pulling his hands <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Like, setup. They got him. Got, got him. Big. They got him. They got, <laughs> they got him bad there. They set him up. And that, whoever right. got him with the putting the motor oil on his head before the press conference, come on. Rudy, but it's not the Rudy I remember. The Rudy I remember was was there during 9-11. The Rudy I remember, look, New York City, for people that don't know, I'm a little bit older than you and I'm a little bit younger than you. New York City was a no-fly zone yep. from when you were, yeah. when I was growing up. Like, it was, there's, you know, my father would hold my hand when we were walking through Midtown. I'm talking Midtown Manhattan. It's like Times Square. Like, there was no Chelsea. There was no Dumbo. There was, like, these places, you know, there was no meatpacking district. Concrete meat, jungle. Meatpacking pa- meat, meat was full of hookers and yeah. Now it's Gucci men. Yeah. Squeegee men were everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So what's crazy is those squeegee men, they turned out to be the recidivists. The whole idea of the, the broken windows theory. Correct. These guys, they took these guys off the street and the news at the time were like, you're picking on these crazy homeless guys. What's wrong with you? But, and, it's, but it's, it turned out these were the rapists and the murderers. Right, right. They got rid of the squeegee guy and all the, and all the crime went down. We were, oh, we, shit. They, they, their nickname, the nickname for these kind of people is, we called them in the police department, a skell. And a skell is society's criminal element. That's where we would grab these guys. And you, you'll see a lot of them. The guy in the corner that's a crackhead and stuff. Like, you, you, you know, internally, you always feel bad for another human that does it. As a law enforcement guy, you go, we can't be having this on the corner. But if you bring him in, there's all kind of bureaucratic nonsense. Oh, he needs to go to the hospital. He'll go to the hospital, stay in the hospital for days. Who's paying that tab? New York City taxpayers. So you see, how it's like a system that it needs to be completely revamped. Mm. But it's, it's it's better than the catch and release they got now. They oh, got yeah, that guy that got arrested for uh, assaulting a woman. This this was about a month I ago. I saw that. Guy got arrested for assaulting a woman on the subway, gets yeah. arrested, gets tagged, gets released, pushes a woman in front of a subway car that same night. Yeah. Crazy. That's yeah, insanity. That's crazy. I never had that. I was when I was still I was a cop. You, you when you were arrested for something, unless you got a desk appearance ticket, which means you were, you know, something low level. They were holding you, and they would put you through a system. So you go to booking, and you would be held, at least to see a judge. And mm-hmm. the judge would the, – the, the reality of bail reform is the judge should have the final decision. 
oh, should we release him? Should we, you know, does he have to pay 15000 to get out? He's supposed to make, or, or he or she's supposed to make this decision as a judge. And they took this away saying, all these, uh, the, have all these mitigating factors and, you know, just let him out. Because even if he killed somebody, unless he killed somebody, we're just going to let him out. So this mm. is this is one of the issues that, like, test my philosophy as a libertarian. Because as a libertarian, I believe in bail reform. Because if somebody can have bail for a crime and somebody else can't afford the bail, then that yeah. crime only exists for the poor. It doesn't exist for the rich. Yeah. Right? Like, okay. if you, you – I, I think like you, actually. I actually like yeah. his idea. Your problem, though, is that this – in New York City, yeah. in general – these criminals like to take advantage knowing that, oh, we'll always get out, and they'll just continue, continue. It does. Continue. It, it, tests, it tests your you know your, your tolerance for something. I mean, you look at San Francisco. I mean, San Francisco is insane. Oh, yeah, San Francisco. It's insanity. Plus, they, everyone's taking a dump they're, in the street. They're uh, robbing cars in front of the courthouse. It's like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's out. I mean, it's like you almost got you gotta, like you gotta respect it. Nine hundred ninety dollars worth of stuff, like, right? <laughs> so like, so like, checking the price tag. I like, guess I could steal this. Yes, I could steal this. Yeah. Like, They're walking around the Walgreens with a scanner. Like, yeah. all right, I'm all good. Right. See you I'm tomorrow. Good. I'm under the under the limit. <laughs> I, don't yeah. even think, I don't even think you're allowed to prosecute. The, they could just you the, have. A store. They're definitely not allowed to detain them. No. So if you, that's for sure. So if, if you if any one of us own the store in San Francisco and then someone walks in and goes, I, I just feel like taking all these things off the shelf. Yeah. You can't do anything. Well, this is one of the so things. So I've, I've been watching I, this woman who will, when people just fill their bags up with stuff, fill their purses up. She's mostly catching women, and she's like, "Empty your purse, like empty your purse." Like she's like, she's like she, she'll grab their purse and like make them empty it. Just a normal so citizen, like vigilante. No, I believe she's the, a store owner, gotcha. or, or she has some function in the store. It's but I, it's like I'm happy to see that she's actually like. Well, that's what's going to end up happening. It's going to be like rooftop Koreans all over <laughs> again, and it's going to be like. Yeah. You know, if somebody tries to steal your store, and all you're going to hear is, "Yeah, I'd, I'll uh, I'll send Omri a link for that, so we could." But uh, so there's yeah. another one in Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, who just is the you know the first mayor in 50 years not to get reelected due to, of course, racism and misogyny. <laughs> um, she Beetlejuice, uh, Beetlejuice, Sid the Sloth over there. She uh, made it so that you cannot engage in a foot in a uh, foot pursuit of a suspect. So you see, you see the suspect wave. You see the suspect come what? out. Somebody what? like comes out with with a bunch of Rolexes. Can you power walk? <laughs> like, can you just keep it like under just the li- limit? Is hey, it like? Hey, get back here. Under five miles an hour. And, and, and don't don't do it. Don't don't. <laughs> ah, ah, I'll get you next time. Like it's, it's like a stare down. Just use your gun. That's the guy it. the guy just takes off. You just know, gingerly walk. Over. Can you imagine? Can yeah, you imagine crazy. how fat? Can you imagine how fat the cop was that was like, Lori? I got an idea. <laughs> Lori, I know how to make this, this city safer, angle. and the you, foot chases gotta go. Wasn't she a prosecutor? Yeah. So she 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 knows how this works, but she still. She's like anti-police. So it's unbelievable. Again, this is Stone's rule. Now Soros maybe took what Roger Stone did and is taking it to the to the next level. Soros figured out why am I spending a hundred million dollars for a Senate seat when it cost me a million dollars to get whatever prosecutor I want all over the country, and then the laws only the laws only exist if my people prosecute them. I tell you, he's an evil genius. You know that guy is an evil genius. <laughs> Got to, he, you know, he he wants the world to be a certain way, and he's willing to pay to see it. And that is something Republicans, Libertarians don't do. Nope. So for all the bitching and moaning and the whining and complaining, all of us do. We don't pony up. Nope. 
You know what I'm saying? Who who you're going to tell me that there's not rich Republicans out there? There's a lot of rich Republicans. You're going to tell me there's not rich libertarians out there? You're telling me Peter Thiel? Like but as as Roger always point out, these are the country club Republicans. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to mm. want to be on a Trump, you know, they're not going to be wanting to support Trump or give money to Trump because they're the country club Republicans. They like the way things are from the past. Basically, it's a two-party duopoly. It really doesn't matter who's in charge because they're all in the big club, and yeah. we're not right. in it. George just, Carlin, it's a big club. You ain't in it. Yeah, we mm. were a brilliant guy. Love the George Carlin. Mm-hmm. But, the, the, you know, we're just regular folk. So you can't have regular folk making decisions or being involved in any decisions. You're not elite. That's how they view you. Mm-hmm. And that's the country club Republican. I, I, do, I do on a certain level believe that to be true. I, I don't really think there's left and right Republican or Democrat anymore. I think that that's it's just, just a, yeah. that's wallpaper. There are globalists and there are localists. That's right. that's you know, there, how it is. there are people, you know, and this is again, this is why I like DeSantis. You know what? I can't stay in New York. I can't stay in Brooklyn. I can't stay in Jersey. I go down to Florida. It's fucking Shangri La down here. It's nice. It's down great here. down here. Ron, mm-hmm. hey, look, Ron's a, a very popular, uh, you know, he's a very popular governor. He is popular all over the United States, but uh, I'm a Trump guy. I'm going to stick to Trump no matter what, even with all the psychoticness that's happening uh, this week. Your, your Trump support has literally not just cost you your career. It's cost that's you what your I was pension. Say, yeah. It's cost you your Everything. reputation. Literally. So we meandered from uh, from the story. We were at the your uh, your friendship friends with Roger, Roger Stone. Stone. Yeah. So Okay, so I'm friends with Roger Stone. So this irked some people in the police department. They started a, a, a little investigation prior to January 6th, because originally someone went to them and stated that I was Roger's security because there were pictures of me going to the courthouse with him. Now, granted, if you if you look at me, I'm six foot three. If I walk out of here with either one of you, maybe not you, but if I walk out of here with oh, you. Oh, fuck you. If I, if I walk out with you, you. I'm your security. You, guys. You, That's right. You could assume that I would be his security. But then you're trying to say because I'm six you're my foot security three. security. Yeah, I'm, six, I'm, I'm six foot three and I work out. Okay, so now I must be security. You make it all these assumptions right. and they're all false. So the impetus of, of your friendship with Robert Stone or Roger Stone was that um, you guys connected on Instagram and then you were supporting him during his uh, entire witch hunt, all of that stuff. Okay. I was, I'm a friend of the family. I became very close with Roger and very close with his family. I know Nidia very well. I know his his daughter, his son. We spent Easter, we spent Christmas together. Mm-hmm. This is a real like family friendship. Not I'm his work. I'm not working for the guy. I'm not a secure. I mean, I used to spend my own money. We've all, I've yeah. always spent. Mo- the only times there was any kind of money exchange was Nidia, his wife, reimbursed me to come here. I think right after he was uh, commuted his sentence when Trump commuted his sentence, I came here to spend the whole time with his family. We were celebrating that, so she reimbursed my hotel. She says, I wanted to play for the hotel. I paid it anyway, and she reimbursed that. Mm. And then the second time I came here, the car had broken down, so I rented a car for all of us, and then I paid for it, and Edie reimbursed me. So, yeah, there was no expectation or anything. So this charge that they're trying to say was uncompensated security, it all came from this this one guy who came in as a disgruntled cop and – He's just angry that he was transferred out of the places. This is how the NYPD works. It's kind of a personal grudge. Yeah, you just got to remember what a cop, NYPD cops, you know who's the worst enemy out there? Not the people in the street. It's the cop next to you. Because that guy might turn around and start making allegations up, Mm. and then it sparks this whole witch hunt uh, that that, that ensued. So then a a letter came in right after January 6th. Because obviously, listen, I was in D.C. with Roger. We were at the Willard Hotel on January 5th. Were you at the Capitol? No, I wasn't. 
I never never been to the Capitol either. I've never walked in there. I, I don't even. I, I know it's two miles from the from the uh, hotel I was at, but I was. I wouldn't know. I've never. I've never even been there. So Roger gave two speeches that day on January fifth. He gave one that was in front of the Supreme Court, I believe, and it was on the street. And then later on, it was in uh, Freedom Plaza. There were two legally permitted events. There was nothing nefarious going on on January fifth. On January sixth, obviously. When we woke up, we got out. We came out of the hotel. We did not march to the ellipse. We didn't go to the ellipse. We didn't march to the Capitol. Any claim, assertion, or implication that I either knew about in advance, was involved in, or had anything to do with what happened on January sixth or any day prior or after is categorically false. No, no, no. That that was the feds, not NYPD. That was the federal agents that knew it was happening in advance. Well, and it's 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 any anyone who says that is is defamatory. Okay, that's 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 my statement. So now, after January sixth, we, you know, we, we they, they, they trying to claim this whole guilt by association. Oh, you're pictured with this guy, and you. This is the most insane thing because if you remember, you mentioned back in the eighties. So if you're pictured with a organized crime figure walking past you, this not a your best friend. You must know what this guy does every day. This is crazy mentality. Leftists, all these online sleuths that go on here go, he's pictured with this guy. He must know something. They're all now watching TV shows believing they're detectives. That, that is very, very funny. So, you know, what you, it was fine for you to grow up around mobsters. No problem. Give the guy the badge. But as soon as you get around a politician. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. This is how it was. You growing up as a kid, you cannot, like your neighborhood, there's always going to be someone with a record. It's just it's impossible not to like live in a bubble and say, I don't know everybody. You walk by someone or you shake his hand, they could arbitrarily say, well, that's that's wrong because that guy has a record. So as a cop, you've you got to be terminated. For I, I, I don't yeah. really understand the rule because I know Michael Franzese, he does a 9-11 benefit, and it's a good thing. It's a benefit, NYPD, Rudy Giuliani. They just did this thing. And, my, and I mean, Michael Franzese is... is so, you know, so if I have friends who've committed a felony and I become a police officer, I have to... Get, I have to no, have no longer contact my f- former friends. That's right. And they have to become former friends. Is that on the, in the, under this New York City Police Department patrol guide rule, yes. But here's yeah. the thing. It's arbitrarily done because you know, as you just stated, so Michael Francis, who, by the way, if he's watching, uh, I'm a big fan of Mike. And yeah, very, I, very, very intelligent Michael, man, I know, Michael, I know you're a big Roger Stone guy, and Roger says he loves that, and he says hello. So, if, so Michael Francis who does have this event for the NYPD, technically every cop that is talking or looking at him or associating with him is now in violation of his rule and therefore should be terminated just like I was mm. because they did this whole investigation. They, I was interrogated twice. Mm-hmm. Okay, The first time was about an hour and a half. I've, I heard a billion questions about nonsense. Are you his security? Are you his security? I mean, it gets to the point where you Who is interrogating you? Internal affairs. So it's NYPD internal affairs. Yes, because they, this letter, a blank letter was written that said, I wanted a civil war in this country. Really? Yeah, with another, some officer, I don't even know who this person was. Is it illegal to want a civil war? I, I wouldn't. I, I'm just trying to figure out like what. I wouldn't. I, wouldn't I thought you were worried for yourself. War. I am. I would. <laughs> I, I am. Want a civil war, but just asking for people who may want to know. <laughs> but asking say, for a friend, so this, you know. This, uh, this blank letter was written, and all of a sudden, it sparks this whole investigation. So they interrogated me the first time for an hour and a half. Mind you, you know, Gerard. Imagine being asked the same question over and over. So again. frustrating. It's very frustrating. And this is also you can't just sit there and go, "I have no comment." You can't say, I "Plead the fifth. 
you must answer or you'll be terminated. While, that's how this while works. people are being pushed in front of fucking subway cars. Yeah. Like, this is while this is the use of manpower that we need. There's real crimes going on. Now, what you didn't know is after this, they had called one of their witnesses, which is a security guy that worked for, you know, he was doing security on January 5th and 6th for Roger. And he literally stated to them, Sal Greco never was at the Capitol. Mm-hmm. So at this point... You don't have any criminal. You have no no one saying anything to you that I'm involved in any of this stuff. But they continued. So at this point, they begin where they're now doing something where they're gonna gonna be held in contempt of court. In the NYPD, there was a there was actually a ruling from the Supreme Court in 2019. You can look this up that stated that you cannot unseal people's records. This is a big thing. So if you got if you were arrested, Gerard, we can't now the no one could and you pled guilty to something, the NYPD or any other organization in New York State cannot go back and say, you know what, we're gonna look at his record today and we're gonna even though it's sealed, I'm gonna look at it. And then you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna use this. I'm gonna mm. show the press. So I'm gonna use I thought it. arrests were public record. Not if they're sealed. Okay. Sealed records. If you pled guilty after a certain amount of time, or you can make this deal with a prosecutor where it's sealed. Usually it's seven to ten years if nobody says anything, but they're sealed. Mm. So they unsealed someone I know, their record, and then made up a crazy thing that I was involved in narcotics. They used an administrative subpoena. It's 14-137A of the New York City Administrative Code. Meanwhile, my investigation was written with a C, meaning likely to end in a criminal uh, referral or a criminal case. So I was a criminal case for them. They should be conferring with the district attorney in New York uh, City. They didn't do any of this. They did not do this. They proceeded with this Fugazi subpoena, and the subpoena is administratively done. So you just go into a legal bureau, I believe in the NYPD, and it's a hush-hush thing where you just go in there, you mention one thing, there's nobody to defend this, no one to represent the person they're trying to get the subpoena on, they just hand it to you. So... Mm. Then they got into my records using narcotics. They wrote this, so they sent it to the phone company I was using. They used it for the Willer Hotel surveillance cameras, and they also used it for any social media. So they used this subpoena, and then they further looked at people through my phone records of people I know. So now they could say, Gerard, okay, we're going to look at Gerard. We're going to see what he does. Oh, wait a minute. It says one arrest. It's like they're building a RICO yeah. case against yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, wait, one arrest? What is this for? Oh, I can't see it. It's un- it's sealed? Let me unseal it. Mm. They did this to multiple people. So they violated a court order. Therefore, the NYPD is the true per- the true people that are mis- uh, in, in, in they committed misconduct, not me. That is egregious, violating a court order. We all know that if any one of us in the room did that, you'd have 10 or 15 marshals waiting for you outside this uh, studio. So they started with that, and that's how they started the second interrogation because they were asking me all these questions over all these things that they did illegally that should have never even went to this, it should have never gone to this level. So then they brought up these charges. So the charges were that I uh, gave misleading statements because they asked if I was Roger's security about, I don't know, I lost count how many times it was. The answer is no, but it doesn't matter. Facts don't matter to these people. There's no proof of, of, of me being security because the second charge, they said it was uncompensated security for Roger on January 5th and 6th. 
That is categorically false, but that's not even the big one. The big one where they hung their hat on is this patrol guide procedure. The patrol guide procedure that states you cannot wrongfully or knowingly associate with someone who's reasonably believed to be involved in or engaged in criminal activity. Likely to have engaged in or engaged in Whoa. criminal activity. Whoa. You got to know the future. Yeah, what? Now, you see how broad that what, is. Where is yeah, where, what about like courts and justice and what about reform, too? Remember, 70, you know what I mean? 70% of America has some kind of record on them, something on their record. Right. Wait, wait. So that's, That seems like, like uh, is it something that's going to be applied when convenient. If they're trying to get rid of someone, they're go. like, let's, let's hit him with, let's, hey, we got, he shook hands with this guy who, you know. Broke the law. It's yeah. a crazy. It's a crazy thing. So they're so, and they don't even need to be convicted. Just likely to make like they maybe could, they maybe they did something bad once. Could, that's yeah, that's the a way very dangerous precedent. This is that's where, crazy. This yeah. is where it's written. Likely to have engaged in or engaged in. Okay, so I got to ask you. Oof. The, the, they wouldn't break your balls for no reason. Did they tell you at some point to to stop seeing Roger Stone? Did they tell you to? Did you get a cease and desist and ignore it? Like well, these these guys are. I mean, they've got you in the crosshairs, and knowing the system the way I know the system, unfortunately, they don't do that unless you kind of told them to go fuck themselves at some point. The first investigation, they said, don't do not contact. You know, and they gave me a list. And Roger was, was one of them. They just said, like, one or two people, three people. And then Roger was one of them. And they said, uh, we don't want you to contact Roger anymore, obviously, because he has a record, which is ridiculous. You're actually, you know, infringing on my rights. That's, it's As a, a citizen. It's, you have a right, a first yeah. right to associate with who you want. Because the question here is not who you're associating with, Gerard. It's whether you're saying criminal activity. What criminal activity were we, you know, inferring to? There is no criminal activity. He's not committing any crimes. Nobody else that's on it. We, I didn't commit any crimes. But there's no furtherance of a crime. Therefore, you have nothing. All you're saying is, I don't like that you're associating with this person. And, and what about like re, like reform? Like people go to jail, well, and then they come out, but what? Now they're just forever there. You're like untouchable? Well, <laughs> you're asking a bigger question, right? Because, I mean, as much as Trump can piss me off, the fact that he's about to be indicted tomorrow. Which is crazy. You know, uh, Sorry, and, 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 and Hunter Biden actually has the balls to sue the Delaware computer. After two years of it's not my computer, it's not my computer. Now he's suing the guy for, you know, illegally having his computer, which is not true. He left it behind when he was, you know, completely forgot it was there. But there, there is a... We, cracked up. Yeah, we have a very... We're in a very, very dangerous place where rules... This is what happens in communist countries. So the idea of authoritarian countries, this is the idea that, like, you know, and, and we think of a, of a political spectrum as being straight, as the far left is communist and the far right is totalitarian Nazi fascist, and they're, they're diametrically opposed, but they're not. It's more like a horseshoe. The closer you get to the far right, it's almost the far left. The difference between a Nazi and a communist is they're both socialists. These are national socialists. These are global socialists. That's a communist is a global socialist. A national socialist is a Nazi. The rest of us are so far away from, like, like Republican and Democrat are up here kind of away from each other, but so far away from these guys. Right. In those totalitarian governments, the number one component is membership has its perks. If you're a party member, True. there's rules. You know, almost Bill Parcell's rules. I treat everybody equal. But some people are more equal than others. Yeah. <laughs> That's now on a football team that works. 
on society, that doesn't work. Because when you become unequal, you just start saying, fuck it. Why would I ever be good? What's the incentive of being good? If no matter what I do, I'm a racist white piece of shit, why should I be a good guy? Why should I? If, if, if I'm going to be accused of a crime I didn't commit, and if I'm going to suffer the consequences of committing crime, why don't I just commit the crime? Yeah. That's how society falls be apart. Be guilty by association. That's, that's the whole MO of what happened with me. It's all guilt by association. But now we'll continue this part. So now I, this is what I was charged with. So then in the middle of this also, I'd like to put one, one point was that they actually were following me around at least four times. And one of them was my father had gotten sick in early January, right after January 6th. And I didn't know he had brain cancer. And it was terminal at this point. I mean, it was my father was 76 year old. You want to talk about the neighborhood. My father was a very well-respected man in Bensonhurst and all over the country as far as in Italian-American communities, all of the communities are involved. My father did a lot for many people. He's a quiet man. He'll probably be remembered as that, but amongst Italian-Americans, he's like a folklore. And hero. for people unfamiliar with, with Brooklyn and New York, respect is its own commodity. Correct. Respect mm-hmm. is a currency. You know, yeah, if, a, you, if you die a respected man, you died a wealthy man in your community where we grew up. But now you're, sp- you're saying, so unfortunately, my father got in sick and I was finally able to go see him a day before my own birthday. And I get in the car and I notice there's a car following me. Now, my father's in Pennsylvania. It's where he lived. So I was headed to the hospice in Florida. And I see a car following me the whole way there. I can't. Down to Florida? No, not Florida. I mean uh, to Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. They were following me, assuming that I would go to Florida to go contact Roger, which is, that's what they wrote, which is insane because I was working that night. But they, that's what they were following me for. And they, I went to the hospital, and as I go to the hospital, these are the last moments of my father's life. When I went there, he was, that was it. I mean, he passed away in front of me. And these guys, somebody from Internal Affairs followed me there, all the way to the hospital. And their reasoning is because... I was going to contact, I may contact Roger. I don't know how. I'm supposed to drive to Florida and back in less than 24 hours, which is inhumanly possible. It takes about 15 to 16 hours just to drive there, and another 16 hours to come back. You tell so, he drives like a cop. It's easily a 19-hour drive. Could be. But <laughs> 16, maybe. I said 16. I mean, yeah. 16, 17 hours, maybe. Hell yeah. But, so so this was, these are the, some of the things that I was... Very sorry to. about your father, by the Thank way. Thank you. Yeah. But, so, so this happened, and then... So after the trial, they gave me these charges. They transferred me in what was called, like, it's highway therapy. I lived in Staten Island. I was working in Manhattan. They sent me to the Bronx. They sent me to the Bronx along numerous other officers that they called undesirables. They don't like them. It's all political. Oh, this is so. This is yeah. a, this is a very well-known thing for uh, the, the Stady who was uh, dating Cuomo's daughter. And highway Cuomo therapy. didn't like it. They gave you highway therapy. What did they do? They sent them all the way up to Niagara. So I have, I, have, I have a question going back to uh, your term. The reason for your termination was associating with some someone to believe a criminal or someone believed to be a criminal. Someone who's likely to have engaged in or engaged in criminal activity. Okay. Um, no exceptions. Are there are are there contradictions of this? Like are, oh, are there? Oh. I'm sure. That, how how could one avoid anyone convicted of any type well, of? Crime? My understanding is Eric Adams himself. Yes. Eric, his brother was in a gang. Mayor Nightlife. Yes, Mayor Nightlife has his own issues. Uh, Mayor Nightlife, when he was a his brother officer. committed a crime. Yeah, he was a police officer. Just he, to just to be clear, why are you calling him Mayor Nightlife? Well, he's uh, he's the man of the night in New York City. I hear he's all over the place. He's in the clubs. I mean, he's that's his thing. 
I have nothing against the guy. I like the way he dresses. He's probably the best-dressed politician out there today. In fact, he may make Stone's best-dressed list of 2023. I don't know. Gavin, Newsom, Gavin, Gavin Newsom keeps it popping at, at the think, French I Laundry. Think, think, it's a, a $1,000 dinner. Eric, you know? Eric, when he talks about the swagger, he's got it all. He's got the swagger down. He's got the look down. He looks the part of a politician. Mm. He might break a stone rule. I think he dresses above the voters, which is not what supposed to That's a stone rule. Do not dress above the voters. But he is, he dresses with sprezzatura, as they say. So A what? Sprezzatura. Give me, give me that in, in non-gypsy? That's, a, that's Italian. Yeah. yeah. That's like when you dress very good. All right. So nice. he's. Sprezzatura. So, yeah, so he, he's, he's si. sprezzatura. So he's dressed in a certain manner. But as a politician and as a, as a police officer, Eric Adams made it in the police department 22 years he was a captain he in his book he admitted that he associated and was compensated security for mike tyson who's a convicted felon and louis farrakhan who's also a convicted felon he was investigated by internal affairs for 11 months there was no further action taken i'm so confused i bounced for a long time off-duty cops were bouncers all the time this has been. Something. This is a crazy. That's a crazy precedent with your case. Well, that you see how this, the rules are arbitrarily applied here. So, see, I, I was also transferred, so I had to go through. I feel like there's therapy. something you're not telling us here. No, what, what, what are we? What are we not? What? Do, why are they breaking your chops like this? What? What is missing in in the story? I think it's very simple. It's they arbitrarily are trying to be the arbiters of truth. It's. We don't like who you are friends with, but don't look at us. We could be friends wherever you want. Do you think they're making an example out of you for the other Republicans in the NYPD? Well, that could be it, too. You'd have to ask mm. the police commissioner since she's uh, approving crazy things like having Cardi B at the police academy. So you would have to ask her. Someone has to put a mic to her and say, so what defies who you associate with? What, you know, how is this rule applied? Because you're arbitrarily applied. Right. It's like a do as we say, not as we do. And yeah. when we, you know, when, when convenient, we're going to use this against you. Exactly. And we're going to unseal records as, as well. I mean, somebody has, because they already were told not to do this and they violated a court order. So that's being technically you're held in contempt. So you were, you got criminal charges where you found guilty? No, they never made any criminal charges. No these criminal were, these charges. Were administrative charges. These are administrative Correct. charges. So you broke you the rules. You were terminated. Yeah, were, I was where, terminated. Where's your union in this, the police union? Uh, the union leader, who's Pat Lynch, saw me out at an event and literally turned his back and walked away. You, that's all you need to know about the guy. He's as political as it gets. So he was nowhere to be found in any of this. I had my PBA attorney, but... As he stated, this was more of a kamikaze mission because when we got to the department trial point, uh, the the department trial point, we already knew that this was almost this is a Soviet style show trial. You, you're going to be found guilty because it's Roger Stone. That's basically what the whole mantra. This is it's Roger Stone. You're guilty. You're guilty by association. That's it. That's the whole mantra of everything that I went through. But in between, remember I said I was transferred to the Bronx, so I was there for about seven months. So you got to imagine how much money that cost me to go in the middle of the day from Staten Island to the Bronx where the Yankees are playing. There's all kinds of traffic. So they wanted this highway there. They like this. They uh-huh. like to torture people because yeah. it's a godless environment. Yeah. That's, that's the NYPD and law enforcement. In they general. just added four hours to your day in a commute. Uh, on purpose. Yeah. But they want they to torture you. Just to put you through it. Were they looking to get you to quit, you think? I think was, so. Was they, early retirement an, an option just, here? They just want to torture you. They wanna, it, it, and the your pension's is, at 20. 
Your pension is 20, yeah, your full pension. I was at year 13 or 14, almost 14 at that point. Mm. So when I get back, I did see the delegate, which is the guy that represents in the union. He had told me, I think you should take this deal. They, they offered me to take a deal of 60 vacation days in a year probation. So if you take their deal for saying, I'm guilty of this stuff that you're not guilty of, you will lose 60 vacation days, which is they get 27 a year. So you're telling me, I got to lose years worth of vacation for something I never did and be on probation. So, Gerard, if you're on probation in the NYPD, which means you could come in and they could look at you and go, you know, your socks, I don't like the color. Was that white? Uh, write them a command discipline, which so means you're going to get uh, discipline for it. If you get discipline now, you're on probation. You're terminated. So, basically, now they terminate you for something else. So it's, it's just a ruse. Slippery slope. It's a ruse. Yeah. So now you have to roll the dice and say, I will go to the trial. While you go to the trial, though, you get all the discovery, which is how I found out all this nefarious actions by the NYPD were being, you know, being uh, applied in my case. So then when I got to the trial, the trial was, by the way, four days, four days, four separate days in over a month. It started in March and it ended in April 4th. Each date was almost eight hours of, a, of the trial. And the whole trial basically was, you're pictured here, you're pictured here, picture, 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 picture. There's no substance of anything because there wasn't anything. So on the second or third day of the trial, we get a surprise. Now, I haven't spoke to him, and I, I did not speak to Roger for a long time. Roger shows up to the trial. He shows up to one police plaza. All of a sudden, all these guys got in their uniform. You could tell that the whole vibe in the room changed. Here's Roger, and he came to... There's my friend with him, my other friend, all my friends. Here come Rogers the cameras, group. too. The ca uh, we had a, a reporter there. We had uh, different reporters we knew. The Daily News was always in there, but not a Daily News. Like, wow, Roger Stone's here. I mean, he's so, Sal's really friends with him. Because they painted this picture that I don't know him. I'm security, and I'm just some flunky cop. And all those years that I was making all those arrests, and I have nothing wrong on my record, means nothing. It doesn't mean anything. You're guilty because you're associating with this guy that we don't like. That's the mantra of this whole case. He shows up and everyone in the room is, they put their uniforms on. All right, Roger, <laughs> Roger Roger's here. My own attorney goes, oh my God, Roger Stone's really here. I never, I couldn't talk to him because they told me not to, but I, I says, I told you that he's like, fam, I, I told you this may happen. So he was there and he saw the whole thing. And during this time, that you don't know who's on trial, me or Roger. Because you kept, they kept referencing Roger's name so many times that you lost count. And they also referenced the president, President Trump. I, I was questioned about President Trump. And President Trump was also mentioned during my trial. Okay, so the trial lasted till April, and the, uh, the beginning of April. It was four separate days. We fast forward right after the trial. Here comes a subpoena. And I look, wh what is this now? January 6th committee. You're like, you got to be kidding. Now, who's got this money? So I'm going to scramble to get money together. I got to get a lawyer, okay, for this. And it's almost the same thing. Subpoena for your phone records. What is this garbage? I just went through all this stuff. So I, I had to give him, I, I uh, ultimately had to answer the subpoena. I, I ultimately had to, over a Zoom, deal with the, the January 6th committee, answer all their questions, mm. which... You know, you're answering their questions, but basically it's the same thing that the NYPD questions were. It's based off the same program almost, you know, the same script. You were freaking traffic cop 18 months ago. I was just, yeah, <laughs> I was just enforcing DWIs is what I did. And all of a sudden now I'm in first at NYPD, which now you're in front of Congress. 
little old me. Like, what, what did I do wrong in life, you know? So there I was in Congress, two hours, of, uh, you'll never get back in your life, and you're answering these questions, and through this whole procedure, Gerard, and make it, the, the main thing here was they used all these subpoenas, unsealing records, you had Congress, you had congressional pressure, and you know what they all stated at the end? And it says it in my file, but they don't want to tell you this, but it's there. There was no criminal wrongdoing on my part, NYPD agrees and said that, and so did Congress. And for that point, so did the DOJ, because we're not involved in, there was no nefarious actions taken by me or Roger. So Sal Greco did nothing wrong. But why are we at this point? Why are we at this point where now you're going to terminate me? Because ultimately what happened is that after that, a couple months later in August, I got a knock on the door and they stated, I'm sorry, Mr. Greco, um, you've been terminated by the NYPD. And it said on the letter, it's a police commissioner, it's rubber stamped by the police commissioner, so she agreed. What's rubber stamp mean? Rubber stamp means a police commissioner, nothing in this police department, NYPD, happens without the police commissioner's knowing and approval. She signed off on it. She has to sign off on it. Everything that happens in the police department, the police commissioner must know. Anything that they tell you is an absolute lie. The police commissioner, you can't even get transferred without the police commissioner's permission. The police commissioner's rubber stamp has to be on anything, anything okay. that happens. So there, there was, and the judge had stated that I have to be terminated from the police department because my continued employment with the NYPD would be corrosive due to my relationship with Roger Stone. So we'll fast forward because I filed a lawsuit immediately. But then I amended my lawsuit a couple of weeks ago. and uh, So you countersued. Right away. But the problem here now is I have a comparable argument with this one. So as I was stating before, the police academy, the NYPD had an event. It's called Girl Talk. And their guest of honor is none other than the infamous rapper, actress, known gang member, very adversarial to the police department, fights cops in the street when her husband or boyfriend's being arrested, Cardi B. This is who they bring to the police academy for... Girl talk. Their excuse is this is a mentorship or a, uh, a community service. Here's the problem. You cannot wrongfully or knowingly associate with someone who's reasonably believed to be or likely to have engaged in criminal activity. Correct? There is nothing in this patrol guide procedure that states there's an exception for mentorship. Or, there is no exceptions to this rule. Mm. So... When she's invited to the police academy, you have to know that the police commissioner has to sign off on this. Nothing can happen. The police commissioner gets briefings every morning. Every morning she gets a briefing on what's going on in the police department, who's being investigated. Something like this is a major occurrence. There would be a letterhead that would state, you know, Cardi B's coming to this. You have, you have to be blind or, you know, maybe not, not paying attention to realize this. That's how this works. So their excuse now is that the academy, the police academy chief, Juanita Holmes, was the person that invited her. And ultimately now she was switched from being a chief to the commissioner of the department of probation. So she's actually getting is rewarded. Is that a promotion? That's a promotion. Yeah. She's actually making more money. But they're trying to say that she's a fall person. for. But that's what not are they, like work. shuffling her around? Shuffling to kinda her around. Yeah. It's like kabuki theater. Oh, look at this. It's all political theater. But... So the police commissioner would have known about this. The problem is, though, Cardi B being there, who's a convicted criminal and a gang member and adversarial to the police department, she was ushered around. But in fairness, 
she got some bops. Well, yeah, I know she has. You know, was it? Uh, was that? Term? In fairness, wop, wop, wop. Yeah. She's got some bops. No, listen, I have nothing. She got some wet ass pussy. She does. <laughs> we have no. Is it? We have. I have nothing but love for Cardi B. She, Innocent she, until she, proven wet ass pussy. Well, listen, <laughs> I don't mind what she does. I think she's. Would you smash Cardi B? Uh, not really. No, uh, you're not taking it down. No, that, that's no. Mick, too plastic surgeryed. I don't know. I just don't, too much I, offset. I, I, too I, much I, offset. Too much offset. I guess being around the, you know, I've learned that now you can't be around somebody that has. Yeah, a I mean, he's in big <laughs> trouble. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. So, maybe that'll get the record. Maybe too. Maybe it's yeah. a double negative. Maybe yeah, two wrongs two make wrongs. a right. I don't yeah. even think shaking uh, her hand would be uh, appropriate at this point. So you even be, you know, if I buy her one of her uh, CDs or whatever, any of her music, that would, you know, I am not associating with a, a convicted. That's criminal. it. You're out, that's, that's, Gerard. Would you? What? Would you? Come on. What? Come on. Well, I got good news for you guys. Bring out Cardi, Cardi B. Cardi B, ladies Yay. and gentlemen. <laughs> Sal, hold it right there. We got to pay some bills, and then we're going to a- answer some questions in the comments, and we'll come right back on Cardi B, all right? You got it. You know who You know who loves Cardi B? Who? Rudy's Flowers. WI.com. Ruby's Flowers. WI.com. At Ruby's Flowers is a new hemp company started by hemp growers that grows and sells hemp derived from THC products. Their goal as a company is to provide the highest quality, most affordable hemp derived products that can still get you high legally. Very important here. Our or or you might you might be done now, Sal. If it's not, our two flagship products are High THCA Hemp Flower and Delta Nine THC Gummies. The High THCA Hemp Flower has been selectively bred to have below 0.3 percent Delta. No, you don't give a shit about that. Visit www.rubiesflowerswi.com. That's www.rubiesflowerswi.com to purchase. An eighth of high THCA hemp flour for only $35 or 100 milligrams of Delta 9 THC gummies for only $20. If you want these products at an even better price, subscribe to their Patreon at patreon.com slash rubiesflowers. That's patreon.com slash R-U-B-Y-S-F-L-O-W-E-R-S dot com. Anyway... Back to the program at hand. This is Slick and Thick. We're having a good time with Sal Greco, Mick, <laughs> Slick Mick, the ruler. And now we're going to head Ron Barber, the legend Ron Barber, to the mix. But first, uh. Omri Han, what's going on in the comments, my guy? Uh, yeah, the comments are very interesting. My, uh, the first question we have is from our old friend, Runaway Slav. I can't wait to she, meet uh, Runaway Slav. Runaway Slav. I can't wait to meet Runaway Slav. I'm a little, Runaway little Slav, <laughs> never going back. I'm a little worried, but uh, I'm very excited. And you say she? Is Runaway Slav a she? I, I don't know why I think so, but I could be wrong. I don't think Runaway so. Runaway Slav 6'9 is a she? Can't be. It's Cardi B. My girl. She's infiltrated. My girl. My girl. What's happening, Runaway Slav? Talk to Uh, us. Their their question is, uh, my question would be, what is the balance between rather 10 guilty men go free than one innocent man goes in versus the fact that getting away with crime only emboldens criminal behavior? It's a great question. I can answer that one real quick. And I don't care how many people, I don't care how many people get arrested. If one innocent person is arrested, the system's corrupt and needs to be reevaluated. We can't be we can't be paying into a system that takes the rights and freedoms away from its own citizens. I would rather I think eventually people that do wrong, they continue to do wrong. We talked about the broken windows theory, recidivists, they'll get caught. Do not let free people fall prey to to a corrupt system. That's that's my thoughts on it. Mick. Agreed. 
Cool. Sal? I agree with you. I, I, listen, I, I was part of the system, and if one innocent – I actually stopped one arrest of somebody that was innocent, and I actually had the guy let go from the command because to say this man committed a robbery was egregious, and it was someone that pointed him out, and that person was a little sketchy as it was. So I don't believe in putting handcuffs on someone that did anything wrong. I don't. If there's any malicious prosecutions – that's, that needs to stop, and so is political prosecutions. You have to actually do some work and actually catch real bad guys if you're going to do that. You can't – this witch hunt business, is, it, this has to stop. It just has to stop. Yeah. Our, uh, unfortunately, the bad guys are in control now, guys. Our gods have left us and our heroes are dead. What's the next question or comment from the threat, Omri? Uh, one more comment is from Reckonit. They're asking. Uh, they're asking Love Reckonit too. Reckonit. Reckonit's always doing doing their thing in the comments. Love you, Reckonit. Yeah, uh, they're just asking for Sal to speak a little closer to the mic. Uh, uh, that's for you. And <laughs> <laughs> or turn up your radio. Uh, oh my god. Yeah. They're just saying he's very quiet, and they want to hear what he has to say. Obviously, it's just in comparison. Really, they're on he's, the edge of their seats. Fine. On the edge of their seats. What else we got, Omri? Anything good? Um, not right now. I'll let you know if we do. All right. Check back in in 15. Christian, you got any questions for the guys before we get rocking Hey, Christian, here? I got a question for you. Why are all of us sitting on this side <laughs> and Gerard's alone over there? It's uh, slick. Is Gerard trying to like, is this a power play by Gerard? <laughs> well, I thought it was maybe you thought Gerard was so fat like that he couldn't fit Ron, Ron over there. But instead, thick. Oh but instead, God. this is a power play. Is this about to be the thick and maybe slick and some guest show? <laughs> <laughs> like, are we his yes. like, fucking panel? Yes. Like, what is this? Good, good. It's yeah. going to play. Yeah, yes, evil yes. genius over well here. Well done, Christian. Well Can you talk? Done. You can't talk. All right. <laughs> no, but he's you're, not. you're pointing at Gerard. He's not like it's his he's fault. He's not allowed to talk. What do you? What'd you do here? What's up? What'd you do? I'm going to tell you the real the, the real tea, buddy. Is we've got three cameras for four people, and I'm too thick to have a second person in frame with me. So they're going to go ahead and split that one. All right. There you go, bud. But answer. don't you worry. That's a good because you've got a solo cam. Do we, I? We know where our best are. Oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the two of them that got to share it. Yeah. Speaking of. Wearing the Sal Greco did nothing wrong. We've got all the way from Times Square, Midtown, New York. Do you hail from New York or Connecticut, Ron? Which do you hail from? Hey, who let the bald guy in here with the chaving head? There uh, it is. Man. Yes, I am from Times Square, 46th and 8th. What's happening? Thank you for having me. We have, we have actor, comedian, a, a provocateur. I love this Ron studio. Barba. I love what I'm seeing here. This is fantastic having Sal here. I met Sal in New York City at the Friars Club. Yeah. Famous comedy place, you know, historic comedians. And uh, we were at a party there. He told me his whole story. Became good friends. And uh, just I, he happens to live down here now. And I was just, I'm down here for a couple weeks. Playing tennis hurt my heels. So I said, okay, can let me get on this podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, and somehow. You're playing tennis, not pickleball, by the way? Wearing, he's wearing the shirt, that's, though. That's he's going, he's look, look at that shirt. Oh, Sal Greco Everyone needs to get wrong. a shirt like Where can this. they get them? Helpthisnycop.com. Here what, we go. What do you help need help this, for? Why help do you need help? This nycop.com. First of all, you're going to get us flagged for false information here. Clearly, Sal Greco did a lot wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. The state depends said who you are. The state said it. The state said it. It must be true. They said it. They said it. Well, I mean, the first. What's thing, your source? <laughs> first thing that Sal did wrong is when Sal, when uh, Roger came to the city, he uh, didn't bring me over because we were talking about shooting a documentary on what's happened with Sal. Okay. I found him to be such an impressive guy, not only because he's a police officer and was 
serving his people and, and, you know, which is to me, one of the most noble things like, like a military, someone in the military who's serving his, you know, his countrymen. So to hear his story, I got behind it and I, and I just thought it was you know, obviously politically motivated. So, you know, I said, he's had these t-shirts. I said, let me buy one of these. I, I wonder, that's interesting you say that. I, you know, my father feels the same way about the police and I, I gotta be honest, I really don't. I, I got so, it. I have to stop real quick. Stop you. I think, there's a good cop, like a person who actually is like a, acting like a big brother to the community out there. Protect. There's nothing better than that. Yeah, I agree. There, I, I actually that's, agree that's, with that's, you. That's, I just don't. That's how we should that feel about them anymore. All yeah, of them. I, I don't mean, think how, we can corrupt, how corrupt are, are police? Officers? I'll tell you what. I'll say this, and I, you know, I, I catch hate from this all the time. I, I had a uh, Dominic Izzo. I love Dominic Izzo, and I've, I've had him. And good I, man, good man, and I've had him on on my show before, and and we've done over this. And Dominic is interesting because he's a police officer who really defends police officers. He goes on the Young Turks and defends police officers, but he hates police officers. You know. So my thing is this: I'll believe in the good cops when they. When they stand up, I, I I've guess, met a lot of them. Yeah, through like martial arts and stuff. Yes, they're good and guys individually. They're good guys individually. Okay, I don't think when push comes to shove, they'll do the right thing. I think they're they're order followers. I think that this whole pandemic, the lockdowns and the mandates, could have been stopped in their tracks if they refused to enforce the the rules of these dictatorial. Mm. Governors. So what were they afraid of? Losing their job? Yeah. At the end of the day, they hold pensions over people. They they right. hold promotions over people. They hold, the, you know, these guys got a family. I hate the good German. The idea, well, I was just following orders. Right. Fuck you, dude. Right. Fuck you. For, for real. So with all due respect, and I know you were a cop for 14 years, and I know there's a lot of police officers that listen to this. I don't think you're a bad guy. Like Mickey said, on an individual level, I'm friends. I'm with one of our good friends down here. One of our good friends. Go out on the pontoon with him. Great guy. But if it comes down to it, I believe they'll follow orders. I, I don't think that they will do what's right for the citizenry. I think they'll do what's right Maybe for the power the majority. apparatus. Maybe the majority. It only takes a couple of them, man. They'll fuck up everything. Yep. It's fear. You're afraid. People are afraid. You lose your job, your pension, or they're going to prosecute you as a cop. That's what it is. I, I was in the same position when I was in, at, at a badge. You're afraid if you... you Doing the right thing is easy, but... You have people looking over you to say, okay, well, if he's not going to prison, you are. That'll be, that's the mantra here. It's a you or them, you or them thing. It's you or them. They, that's, the, the, it's, that's why I'm telling you it's a godless environment. They don't believe in anything. They don't want you to, if you even mention anything about, oh, it's I'm a church, godless environment. It's a godless environment because they don't believe in anything. We, like, I'm, a, huh. I'm a Catholic. I believe in Jesus Christ and the Lord. They don't believe in that. The closest thing, and it's a mockery to them, is they say, oh, my God, or Jesus Christ. But they don't mean that. When they All those people up top love to see you to be a robot. You're a machine. Yeah, they believe in the state. They, they believe, believe in power. They believe in the state and power. It's all they're drunk on. They don't believe in any kind of humanitarian way of approach of life. Ian Smith, Belmar, New Jersey, owned, owned the gym. Right. Yep. right? Now, the cops, the local cops, did the right thing. And they said, you know what? It's his business. People are staying six feet apart. They want to work out. God bless. 
So what they do? They suit Murphy supersedes the local cops, gets the stadies to go in there, throw a padlock on the door, and then all of a sudden the plumbing backs up in the place. First time that's ever happened in the history of, of the building. And he has sewage all over his floor the next day. How'd they do that? They send someone in there to sign up and go clog up the toilet? It it's, it's incredible. It's incredible the coincidence that, that the, the toilet would just so happen to... You're the man. That would just so happen to... Thank to, you. You know... That day of all days, I guess so many people were using the gym. The the, the plumbing just couldn't handle it. Yeah. Huh. After he made after he made Murphy look like a clown, crazy. So again, I don't think police men or women individually are bad people. I think the police are are not there for the citizenry. They're there for the the boss. That and I, I'm I'm in that regard. I'm afraid of them. I'm afraid of them because. Like you said, you know, if you're outspoken or if you're on the wrong side of a, of a, of a political, yep. you know, uh, disagreement. I'm your, I'm your example. Look at what they've done. And you're one of them. I'm just one of them. Imagine if you're not Imagine one of them. Imagine what they could do. Exactly. Well, Imagine if you're just a guy. And going back to me with the Cardi B thing, because like now, because she was there, obviously now all those cops that were there need to be terminated. Right. Just like you terminated me. Because my relationship with Roger was corrosive. To the police department, if I was continued to be employed by them, because it would have been corrosive, because I was friends with Roger. So then, four hundred recruits and every cop and every civilian member of the police department needs to be terminated, along with the police commissioner, because what is their relationship? Is that not corrosive to be pictured with someone who's a convicted criminal? So that's the gist of the lawsuit now. In the comparable argument now, Eric Adams should be terminating the police commissioner, and along with all these other officers. Right. So why is it okay for them to associate with... Because now who's the arbiter, uh, arbiter of truth yeah. here? And if Selective. There's a, if there's a breakdown in community... So if there's a breakdown in rank structure saying the, the chief made the decision, not the police commissioner, then who, why is no one being disciplined? Somebody did an order without telling the police commissioner? Yeah. Plus, dude, so they're, not, they're not meeting their recruiting numbers. And, and now you've no. spent 14 years of your life doing this job. Could... Could you and would you uh, want to continue being a police officer elsewhere? Would would that be Good difficult question. with your termination? Well, that's a, here's a problem, Mickey. I, I, I was terminated. So as far as the, in the eyes of many people that could try to employ you, you were fired. And they look at you as a flunky, a bad guy. Something had to have happened. And just Google your name. Oh, my God. This guy's got like... All well, they these, think you're insubordinate. Yeah, you got how many you know? articles were written about you? January 6th. You're already a red flag off the bat. You know, and so I've kind lost. of been railroaded and blackballed. Yeah, I, I got. I was. That's how I feel. So you know, I, listen. I've lost my pension, my job, my savings. I lost many friends. I lost my father. I've lost even love interests. But I haven't lost my faith. My hope and my faith is all you have. That's why every Sunday I go to church and I believe in Jesus and 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 God. And that's what's gotten me through this. So everyone who supports me out there, if you want to go to help this nycop.com. Yeah, how you can could, people support you, you best? You go to the website there. You could either you could donate and uh, help me out on all my legal With your fees. Legal I'm fees, almost yeah. fifty thousand right now. Or you know, I could buy a shirt that Ron Barber here, my good friend, is uh, <laughs> modeling. You know, I, I'd love to get you in touch with uh, Scrappy and Ryan. Maybe they could use somebody that to you know to do some legal consulting. We have these guys mm. that are good friends of ours down here. Uh, they came on; it's probably our most popular podcast to this date. And those guys are vigilantes ah. who are uh, hunting down the uh, child predators. The child predators in the area. I'm all. I'm, I'm, I, I listen. I, I support that 100. And what, what's odd, and, and this goes to what you were saying before, is um, 
they he he's a hacker. All right, and, uh, and Ryan, yeah, Ryan's a hacker, and, and he runs cybersecurity companies. He's on the good side now. He's a white hat. He's he's all above board, but he he's able to find and infiltrate these chat rooms, and then through the chat rooms, they post up as if they're a thirteen year old girl. These guys click the links, and he gets all their IP stuff, and he, mm. he sees their servers, and they're doing this disgusting shit, and then they present this to the police. And they present it to the DAs, but it's fruit of the poisonous tree. They won't go forward with it. Ah. They won't. So they he he's because handed, the information was obtained illegally. Yes, even though it's they're trying to protect children. Yeah, they're having right. the in, uh, the illegal information supersedes the the children. That I'd understand. Even I'm like, all right, but now the it gets even worse with these guys. They, I say, uh, fuck that. If you find out something about that, something needs to be done. Yes, yeah, it's, it's called the fruit of the poisonous tree. Yeah, but the now they've attained they they figured out ways to obtain the information legally, okay. And but it's because they're non law enforcement, they mm. won't take the information. You can't do it. It's it's a technical it's a technicality because it would in court defense would bring it up. So you're right. He can't do it. You, you you can't bring that up only because it's done illegally. Because people do still have their rights, whether you like them or not. I always bring this up because there's some people we don't like to have. Right, like right now, you have a guy. His name is Trump. Every, a lot of people all put him in jail. He has rights. Just like maybe someone that you don't like or someone that they all like, or let's say, you know, like a Bill Cosby or something, he has rights too. But you want to, you know, oh, don't put him in jail. So that's what it, it falls under this. It's one rule and one standard, just like my yeah. case. One rule and one standard. You can't have, say, you can't say, well, we don't like Roger Stone, but Cardi B is good. You can't say that. It's one rule because that rule. States, you can't associate with someone who's like to engage in or engage in criminal activity. So why is people taking pictures and associating with Cardi B? But Roger Stone's not good. It, it shows you how brilliant the founding fathers really were because they lived under a totalitarian king. Yep. They lived under a king and they said, no, 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 no. Just because you're in the royal family or you're an aristocrat doesn't mean you can do this shit. It's, uh, it's hey, we got this Bill of Rights. All citizens have the right. It comes from the Magna Carta. You know, the Magna Carta, you know, basically they held the king at gunpoint. But, they were like, hey, but we want some rights. But you just mentioned this, right? So this is like, this is how 1776 even started. What he's just mentioning, right? But the police department here and some people in law enforcement are up all the way in the top in different agencies. They think that, you know something, we're the arbiters of truth. And by the way, we're also the legislators because we're going to ignore court orders and we're just going to step all over your rights and you're not going to do anything about it. That's the mentality of the godless people up top. I think that that's the, the worst part about it. This goes to what you were saying before, Mick. It's the selective aspect of what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? That's the shit that... What like, are you going to do about it? That's that's the stuff that's it's, like... It's gang- gangsterism by law enforcement. The gangsterism is the people running the show. They're the gangsters. They're, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? You're going you're to try to sue us? Going back you know, to Michael Franzese again, Mafia Democracy. Great okay. book. You guys should pick up. No free shout-outs. But, you know, he basically, you know, during the, the, the Sammy Gravano and, and uh, Michael uh. Franzese interview I did, that they basically both agreed. They didn't agree on much. But they agreed that the government took care of the mob, got rid of the mob, but kept the corruption. Correct. So they, they so they're the new mob. They got rid of the mafia, but they kept the corruption. They kept the vigs and gave it to themselves. They kept the levers of power and took the power. It's almost like it's almost like the Lord of the Rings. It's like throw the ring, throw the ring into into the lava. No, why shouldn't I keep it? And yeah. and Gerard's a libertarian, so you know that government we want it to be smaller, not larger. There's yeah. so many 
useless positions right now in so many agencies is a waste and abuse. And Trump was trying to get rid of all this. And then, oh, well, he tweets out this and that. So, oh, let's let's go, you know, get him. We can't have him in office. You, you, didn't, you have to look at the man's policies and what he was doing and not so much what you're tweeting. Because does anybody care what Joe Biden is tweeting? In fact, is Joe Biden alive right now? Does he know what time of day it is? Yeah. Are you happy that Joe Biden won? Are you happy that, well, I don't know if he won, but uh, uh, Joe, are you happy Joe Biden is your president? Is your, uh, is your future in politics so? i tell you the truth, Joe. I would like to throw my hat in that. I probably could have a future there. I don't know if I would run for office or be behind the scenes, but this, what I see, I don't like. And I, I, I've seen this before. It's called the New York City Police Department. It's called, you know, Federal Bureau of Investigation. It's called the DOJ. They've become the, the political arm of a politicians or the, the politicians on top. And yeah. we know there's a ruling class the elite that are ruling, they're running this, the, this country and they're running the world. They're all globalists. And I'm just saying, why can't we just all come to an agreement? I remember as a kid, You'd be sitting at those cafes on 18th Avenue, even as a kid or when I was a little older, let's say, and I was just sitting around and people would be like, well, you know, I don't really like George Bush. You know, I don't really like the guy either, but I voted for Bill Clinton a couple of years ago. I, you know, I'm not a Democrat, but you know something? How's that espresso? Yeah, that's great. You know, we should go down the street and go eat. And everybody got along. Who was a Met fan, a Yankee fan? We were still Americans. Yeah. There was still this idea that we were an American. Whether you were a Democrat or a Republican, there was this idea that you it, still it, wanted what was best for America. And that's this, what we got to go back to. You, you can't have this, like, can we go back the, the, to the divisiveness? The divisiveness of these people is just, listen, it's just, look, you want to change things or be an activist, you got to start locally. Locally is how you start. That's how you take things back with the schools. You know, you, you can't be or, or, or councilmen. You know, these these are the this is how you start. Not oh well, the president. Let me tell you, even if you change the president, you're still going to have many many. There will still be many problems around the country. Yeah. And like you just mentioned before, with George Soros and all that, he owns a lot of these district attorneys, and those offices will only prosecute certain things, as you've seen in New York City mm-hmm. right now, where they're looking for a complete polo- political persecution of the former president of the United States and. People that rob and commit burglaries and punch people in the face are just, oh, well, decline prosecution. Is that what you want? Because that's where we're headed. I'm sorry. Republicans got money, too. Libertarians got money, too. But it, they they want a seat at the table, but they don't want to pay for a meal. Maybe I'm sick of their wine. Maybe they're afraid of the online sleuths. Yeah. Oh, no. He's oh, pictured with somebody. Therefore, I'm gonna guilt by association. I'm going to be canceled. Oh, no. Guilt by association. I mean, yeah, it's, I it's just like a made-for-TV yeah. movie here. Everything's you know, I fear mongering. We yeah. can't go back. You can't go back to Trump because of what he's what happened. If you go back and Trump is a president again, it's all you've already seen what he did, what happened. Not him, but what the country did. The insanity, and we're we're, we're experiencing it again right now with today. So the more he comes back in, the more the energy gets ugly between people. When he's out of the spotlight. Not so bad. Well, I don't think listen, so. the I don't and I like Trump, I don't but agree I'm just with saying that. Okay. To, to your point, and Mick and I were actually talking about this off air. The problem is he's going to come back. He doesn't have the the specter of reelection hanging over him. Yep. So he can do whatever the hell he wants, and he's going to have vendettas against the CIA, against the FBI, against these people that have 30 year careers. And we just talked about this. When push comes to shove, 
people in positions of power do everything they can to maintain their power. That's right. It's all about power. They're never going to let him back That's in. That's all it is. They're never going to let him back in. And if he gets back in, he's going to have to dismantle the entire system to do it. So I don't think we're they're looking. They're not going to let that happen. They're not going to go quietly. Right. They're not going to ha- They're not going to let it happen with a, with a fair election. And and be like, well, good on you, sir. That ain't going to happen. That, that, uh, I know you. I wanted to hear what you had to say uh, on why you disagreed with Ron. But um, uh. you taking up a, a battle against, you know, the police department, such a, you know, politically corrected, um, connected, you know, structure. I feel like that is quite a fight for you. You know what I mean? It's definitely, it's an up, it's uphill you know, battle, it's been right? an uphill battle. Of course, you know, we caught them with, you know, two things where, you know, one thing is, is an equal protection case and you're basically being hypocritical in a double standard when it's supposed to be only one standard by saying, well, this person's good and that person's... And then to add on that, you know, they have a commissioner, the deputy commissioner, the deputy commissioner Caban, if you look him up, he was a chief also on the job. His brother was a cop on the job. He was convicted of a crime and terminated, so... You're telling me he doesn't associate with his brother? Uh, South, yeah. I mean, you, it's, you it's can't see your brother it's again? South. Look, it's New York City. We Just all saying. associate with people. I mean, come but, on. Like, but you terminated uh, me saying that. It, 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 it's insanity. I mean, that, that's... It, it's, that's look, the, this is the argument. See, you keep going in a... In a but in there's, a but there's what's real, and there's reality. Yeah. Those are two different things in today's world. What judge... Is going to vote is going to rule in your favor when he went to law school with the prosecutor, and he was hired by the politician that probably squeezed the commissioner to get this this Roger Stone loving guy out of here. Like, so do you fear people the have to understand the system? Uh, will be against you? Like, that they'll collude kind of against you? I already saw the police department do it. I saw, you know, obviously this congressional nonsense. That's just crazy. That I even got to that level. You would want to believe that you would get a fair you get a fair trial if this happened in uh, New York City. It's a federal court and it's in Brooklyn, in the Eastern District. And you, by the, the, way, the Eastern District, yeah, you don't want the Southern District. Yeah, but you're, you you yeah, think you're going to get a fair a fair trial? I, I believe so. In front of this judge, I will. Uh, May thirty first, we're going to have the conference for the discovery in his trial because we've already have the fact now you're talking also just so people understand you're suing them this is a civil case this Correct. is not a, a federal civil case. yeah it's not a, you're not bringing up criminal charges against anybody this no. is a civil case but of course when you violate a court order that could be considered criminal if the judge said so because that's a contempt of court so that this is the mitigating factors here are how they even terminating me are all in the false pretenses. Are you going to be marching with Black Lives Matter I the next you, time? Actually, they marched when I was a cop. They were I was actually in the riots trying to defend people. I had a skateboard thrown at me. I'll never forget. Some guy was filming it. I mean, it was a wild time where you're told to stand down. Just don't do anything. Just let them run around. I saw a guy go. They broke into Century 21 and stole all these items. Don't do anything. The guy's just running past like 100 cops. And we're all looking at each other. Don't do anything. That's the, that's the order. That's New York City under Bill de Blasio. Wild. All those guys got to claim what they looted, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the- right? You got to claim it on your taxes. 
<laughs> Claim it on the taxes. Yeah, that's not. No, he's right. I Seems just read that. Incriminating. I just read that that the IRS came out and said, "Hey, if you if you looted more than a thousand dollars, make sure you claim it in your W nine." Like, <laughs> okay, can you imagine putting down? Yeah, I got I got fifteen uh, Casio forty nine inches. I got uh, I got some I got some Jordans. Wild, that was a wild time. These people. I saw videos. These guys jumping in a car, taking things. They were downtown somewhere in the in the sixth precinct. I used to like. Those were the places where I would go up and down the street and look for, like, drunk drivers because that was my thing, you know. Then it became a free-for-all. Who's breaking into the store? Who's coming out with, like, these electronic pro- – I was like, this is – jumping in the car, and then the guys in the car got out and fought each other over what this guy just looted. It was insane. Yeah, I feel – This is crazy. You had a record for uh, drunk driving arrests? Yes. Uh, in 2018 and 19, I was – the. The top cop, as far as individual DWI arrests, mm. I was uh, I was a technician also, so I, I took care of everything. It was a a unit where we enforced uh, DWI. So this is my theory, and it's just I don't know if other co- I do this as a co- I think this is fair. If I pulled you over for whatever violation it was, you made a right turn, you you didn't signal, and then I pulled you over and you weren't drunk, I gave you the warning: don't do this again. You did a good thing not drinking tonight. You be on your way. The NYPD doesn't like that. They want you to be a role. They'll tell you, well, there's no quotas, but believe me. You're here to generate revenue. If you don't generate generate revenue, you'll end up in the Bronx as one of the undesirables, as Ooh. happened. So I don't believe in writing summonses. I liked criminal court summonses, which was the broken windows theory. You can't have people... You know, congregate in a, in a New York City park at night after two o'clock and like light fires and sing kumbaya with people trying to sleep across the street. That's a criminal court summons. It used to be anyway, and I used to enforce these things, or you know, drinking in the street or urinating in the street, which is all legal apparently now. They don't care about anything in New York City, but these are the things I like to enforce. This writing summonses for no people need a break for stuff like that. If they get a break, they feel good. Because people are redeemable. Unless you're a murderer, and even a murderer could go to prison and get reformed, even if he's trapped, he's there for the rest of his life. Reform is the way to go. Like you said, we're libertarians that we believe in. But the police department doesn't, they feel more of a, get this people, get as many as you can. We love this. Like us versus them. That's the way it is. Us versus them. That's yeah. the this is, why I, this is why I think when push comes to shove, it'll be, it'll be them. I was like, I used know? to go I used to go inside all these places cafes Seven Elevens and like talk to all the store owners they had my number they were like you're like a community guy even though you enforce these things you're still like a neighborhood guy that's like you have to be yeah we don't you don't want to have hate. a little understanding you don't hate everybody out there and it's hard because trust me it's even happened to me where that environment it's the environment it's the culture makes you hate others you even hate other cops and other cops hate you which is why they didn't write those letters against you so it's like. It's just the entire when you're, environment. What's the uh, what's the uh, the cliche is when you're trained to be a hammer, all you see are nails. That's right. Mm. You know, you see nails everywhere. Doesn't matter who. I mean, you could walk into a building, and, you know, and it's a, you know, it's one of the precincts or commands you're working, and everyone's a cop, but yet you're like, I hate that guy. Why? You just hate him. Why do? You, why were you even thinking this? Because it's just an environment. Yeah. It's just negative. There's nothing positive about. Being in I could never do it. I couldn't do the job for even a day. Somebody went sniffing around my shit. I, that's and, it. We're at hands. And, and I tell you, that's you know? why you think these, you know, unfortunately, you see, like, suicides amongst people in law enforcement. That's what it is. It's a negative environment. Environment is just 
You're punished for stupid things. We're going to destroy you if you don't listen to us. It's never like, and if they tell you, come to us with something. No, you don't come with them. If you even mention something, you'll be ridiculed. People make fun of you. They'll they'll make these little, like, uh, drawings and put them on the wall. Really? They'll be in the bathroom to write your name. These are the things that happen. Was you, it always like this or always. did it change at some point? No, nope, it's always been like that. You'll go to your locker. Someone, you'll write something stupid on your locker. I mean, people have feelings. You got to understand, people have rough life. It's already bad enough you're spending eight hours a day doing this. Quite possibly, you know, unnecessary overtime, as I call it. Like, standing on a corner, I don't know if that does anything. Maybe it does in some crime real places. I was always one to say, I'd rather be in a car rolling around than if I see something jump out and just grab the guy and lock them up. But what do I know, right? I'm... I'm uh, I'm a flunky in air eyes, apparently. So, well, actually, I would like to know what you know. How would you change policing? You you were on the job for 13 years. You did it in in, in the biggest city in America. What start, what could be done differently and what could be done better? Number one, you have to be closer with the communities. You work for them, not the other way around. And then there's none of this de-jerk reaction. I saw this cop and he beat this guy up, whatever. Okay, where's the film? Do I have film of this? So I usually you look at your body camera right away. There's no, I'm suspending the officer, none of this stuff. Because you know what? A lot of people out there, they're liars. Cops are liars. I understand some cops lie about the, you know, the civilians lie a lot. Yep. And you also have to be held accountable. If you make some kind of bogus report, this officer touched me a certain way and it's not true, you, sh- you should be locked up. You committed a felony. You perjured yourself. Why is not that? I go, that's never happening. That's never happened. The cop that did what he said, he said I was security. He perjured himself. Why isn't he being investigated? These are simple things that should be happening. Not that I wish that, because be honest, I don't really care at this point. I pray for everybody. But these are these are certain things that if you go down these avenues, you could correct. You need to be closer with the communities. These people are not animals, even if you think they are. Some of them are, some of them aren't. You just got to weed them out. But you're there to protect the people and be there for the people. You're not there to serve yourself or serve some inspector or captain or someone up there to make him all that guy cares about is getting his rank because he wants to be part of the club you be in a club once you're in the inspector you know chief uh, now this is the club they're in a club and you're not in it and they feel it's just like being a congressman this is the club you get it it's the same structure you notice and, and the fbi would be the same thing you have the special agent in charge you have the regular so you you're a gs uh up to 15, and then you become an IS. So it's 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 a club. It's it's and this is what divide. Everything's always so division, instead of division, pr- division. protecting and serving the community. It's protecting and serving the club. That's it. You're protecting yeah, the, and serving the, the club. interest of the powerful. I would imagine. And that's yeah. what this this is what that deal was when Holmes got moved. It's basically we're going to take care of you. Just keep your mouth shut about this mm. because they're obviously something is going on where the. There's no way the police commission doesn't know about any of that stuff. There's just no way. It doesn't happen like that in the police department. We're going to find out in the court. But for everyone out there that's watching, they should know that there's a lot of kabuki theater going on with every all of these police departments. No one's ever just forthright coming with, their, with the truth. What are your thoughts on, like... Uh, the informant culture in NYPD. Oh, if, if somebody is committing crimes, but they're cooperating with the police, and and you know they're committing these crimes, but they're able to stay out on the streets. I don't. I don't agree with that either. That's that's totally a hypocritical thing. And it, and as uh, Stone's rules, as Roger puts in his book, hypocrisy gets them. You can't say some informant. Okay, so the informant's sitting there and saying, "Okay, I have information on so and so." Meanwhile. What are you doing? You're dealing drugs? 
And we're not. We're just going to let Whitey this guy, Bulger. Let Whitey this guy Bulger's serve. running a whole criminal empire, but he, he throws a couple of nuggets to the and FBI. He gets away, and he, yeah, that's a Boston thing. Boston's quite the corrupt town. So, uh, you know, the, it's this, not like NYPD yeah. is the shining capital on the hill here. Know, Boston, yeah, <laughs> just a little top cocktail about. Boston. Yeah, right. Sal, what are your thoughts on uh, on on Trump? You, uh, you you didn't agree that with Ron when he said that uh, he thought it, it would be the same divisive. Uh, environment. No, the country already is almost kind of divided with the way they are. I still think conservatives or libertarians would be the majority. You just have the people in power, which is small. They make it seem as if that other side is, but a lot of them are also don't have a job and are online, like online sleuths looking for pictures of people and guilt by association stuff. So that's that other side, which is insane. You should go to church maybe and start finding the Lord in your life because... I don't know who has the time to do that. So Trump, he you got to see, this guy is the one guy who's out there out of all these problems. We talked about Mayor Nightlife, right? Eric Adams with his, with his suits. And he learned how to double talk out of both sides of his mouth as a captain because in the NYPD, that's the culture. Is, uh, when you're on top, you're like a politician. Donald Trump has never been a politician. He's never been a politician. This guy is... I, watch any kind of press conference with him. He, everything just rolls naturally. He just talks to people. He's just the way he is. Ron DeSantis or Eric Adams sit there, and if they have one question you don't like, all of a sudden they're rattled. They, cannot, they can't handle anything that's not in a controlled environment. Most politicians can't. That was one thing I, I liked about Trump was that it was, almost, it was like a breath of fresh air. It was a, a split from the normal politician... You he's know, so who, real. It's so real. It's blinding you. He's so real. Everyone else, you know, all these other politicians, you could name DeSantis them. DeSantis doesn't get rattled. That was a category. He doesn't get rattled. Well, well, hold on. When they asked him. Uh, you, are you, are, a true statement. When Charlie Christ. You just perjured yourself. Well, no, Charlie Christ. Go to Christ, church and repent. Charlie Christ, Charlie Christ was uh, asking him if he was going to run, even though he would be for governor. All of a sudden, he's doing that little head bob because he doesn't know how to answer. Because the answer was yes. Yes, he's running. He just didn't want to say that. That's a he knew cherry pick. That's a because cherry he would pick. lose that election. Unfortunately, yeah. I, listen, I voted for the guy. Nothing against him. I like a lot of his policies. I think he's a very popular guy. I think he should back off because he would have never been the governor had Donald Trump not endorsed him. <laughs> so he should back off. Story. He should back off and let my guy walk in. Oh well, you know what? You listen. It's called. This is what. Loyalty is and respect is, and when you kind of go against that, you'll see that some things will go like against It you. sounds like you're you're stumping for the powerful here, man. Here here we are talking about how the system <laughs> screws worth worthwhile people, and now you're talking about the powerful need to be uh, bowed down to because well, now, they're powerful. Trump isn't the powerful. Trump is the man in the arena. That he is the people's <laughs> champion. To see this guy getting prosecuted, they're trying to prosecute this guy. So this case was. I'll Almost tell you this. Tried by the feds and they dropped it and said, "There's no case here." I've they, never seen anybody. This, this is crazy. I've never seen anybody poked, prodded. He's either the greatest gangster of all time, <laughs> Trump, where he just he's Teflon. He's literally the Teflon Don, or these he literally didn't do anything wrong. These people have been trying to get this cat on something for eight years. And uh, speaking of that, for those who don't know, including uh, myself, what exactly is Trump going to be arrested for tomorrow? Paying off a prostitute. Campaign finance violations. Yeah. Paying off a allegedly paying allegedly. Off Stormy Daniels to not talk. It, it's a misdemeanor. Which if it if it even occurred. Which Michael Cohn went to prison for this federally. If anybody's guilty here, he already did three years or whatever it was that he did. 
So how I want to know. I, listen, I've been. So this crime has already been yeah, prosecuted. I, technically, they dropped it. They nobody wanted to prosecute. Even the feds had this. Five different prosecutors went through this and said no. But now this, you want to bring this up now, conveniently at this point. Yeah. And, and you know, and I just want this. I just want you to know if this ever made it to a trial. I don't. I don't know how this makes it, but you want Michael Cohen, who's a he went to jail for perjury. He went to jail for perjury. So this guy already known is a liar. He was a terrible lawyer, right? You want this guy on the stand saying, I saw this, I did that, because I don't know of any juror. Look, I mean, I would sit there and go, how do I believe this guy? He, he's another guy that talks out of both sides of his mouth. And then we're going to bring, if you're going to really bring in a porn star, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go over. <laughs> Especially when you have Christians and people as jurors. I don't know how that's going to go over. Because she lost the defamation case against Donald Trump. So now you're saying what she's saying is true. How is that? Stormy, is that? Stormy since you're listening, we're, you're welcome to come on Slick and Thick and tell your side of the story anytime you want. Also, Ta Slick and thick. Tara Reid, yeah, Tara Reid, who, who took to Twitter yesterday, my lamp this basting. Is, this isn't the uh, American Pie actress? Not the American Pie actress. That's uh, her name, right? Tara Reid, yeah, yeah. So. Tara Reid, who was phenomenal in American Pie and less so in Sharknado. Uh, this is Tara Reid, who was a, uh, a Senate uh, intern, I believe, who yep. has accused Joe Biden of, of sexual misconduct with her and was lamenting on Twitter that no prosecutor will even review her case, which is, you know, again, if, if we're going to go, I would love for every single politician to be under investigation at all times. I would, I would love every single one of these. I want the whole thing coming down because we, we can't have a country based on corruption. We just can't, we can't have a country where a bank goes under and we bail it out within 24 hours while an entire half of a state is being poisoned and can't get any emergency funds. That's right. We, we can't, we just, we can't continue to function in this way. We can't continue to function where we're giving a billion dollars to the Ukraine while people fall asleep every night hungry in the inner cities in America. We, we can't do it, right? It, 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 this, is, this is like late stage empire shit. And the only way this happens is through reform. And the only way reform happens normally... Uh oh, revolution! <laughs> well, I say that's why I oh I thought like uh, we're gonna have a depression. We're gonna have a depression. Well, maybe that'll be the best thing to happen to us is we have a depression. I don't know about back, that. Well, and then people get back to their real morals and get back. Like you're talking about, you don't want corruption. You can't get in the politics and not get involved in that the corrupt nature of how that goes. You can't become a police officer and not get into what that corruption is, or else you will be cast out. That's just the you can't get into corporations and follow their rules unless it starts getting dirty that's just the way it's kind of the way capitalism the way america's gone i'm not sure if it's always been this way but it sure feels like that it just it, it feels like that so you know i don't think this stuff is going to change it's going to maybe have a different form a different shape but it's going to keep going that way and whoever wants to stay on it you know they will be the strong who survive and the rest of people who are moral will get kicked out and then they got to figure out how to, they're going to make money again and that's why everybody's afraid of ratting not ratting the words not even ratting whistleblowing or just telling the truth really telling the truth i can't tell you any jobs i had where i just said let's have it out right now what just happened and then it was lied to and i was like well, it's because you're too truthful. I've been told I'm, I'm too truthful. Yeah, you know? It's better to tell the truth, though. 
It's, all, it's better. And, yeah, and then, and then you got to go look for a job. And then you got to look for another job and another oh, one. Then they go, why do you need a job? Oh, because you're talking back, because you're that guy that's always on the opposite side of the, you know, the argument of, you know, just letting the status quo and just go with the flow, you know? It, Let sleeping dogs lie. You're right. And that, that's, you know, that permeates throughout society. I mean, then you look at something like the UFC. You would think that that is as pure uh, of, you know, combat competition whoever deserves it gets it but in the same situation it's like hey if you're hurt you don't get paid so you got to take the fight whether you're hurt or not you got to go you got to you know you, you can't be honest all the time right i mean if you're gonna go in there and be like well i'm a little banged up you know and then not get the payday you just got to go out and wear it right i mean sure i mean it's no different well look what happened to trump when he spoke the truth all the time or, or at least t- attempted to destroyed i mean in every way and every way possible so you knew that my god he's talking about taking down the swamp he didn't take down any swamp and he never would take that he couldn't take yeah. down it you just can't take down i mean that swamp. that's hard. Say honestly it. that's say it why we don't like it it's why they happen. really hated him so much really when we really get down to it is because tweeted too much no he he literally he abused the system no question he abused the system and then came out and said this system is rigged and they're like well how do you know that because i am part of the rigging he's too good i do it too funny and yep. if you don't if you if you don't want it change it but, we but I'm telling you, it's rigged. We don't deserve Donald Trump. We deserve Joe Biden. That's our country. That's what we deserve. Oh, my God. The country gets. Joe, we all get the life we deserve. Look, I, I, I don't want to believe that. I don't want to believe that, Ron, because then we do get into that slippery slope of then there is no reason to be good. If, if, the, if there's no value in being moral, why would anybody be moral? Hmm. If there's no value in being noble, why would anybody be noble? Are you, are you even going to get a free and fair election in 2024? I don't know. No, not with not not with Trump. Well, you guys sure. think it's going to be who who cheats better? I it's mean, be the listen, you keep seeing the same patterns developing. Like Philadelphia has more votes than registered voters. I, no one's keep. They, you can't even say this. Oh, we'll come and you know they want to. They're going to put you through the trial through the media, guilt by association. If you even say that, and then I don't know. You might get a knock on your door. Did you say that there's more votes than registered voters? Actually, there is. But well, now you have to come with us. Like you can't even mention. But it's a fact. If you look it up, Philadelphia, one of the most corrupt counties in the history of the United States as far as voting goes. Las Vegas, another county, same. How Mar- do you Maricopa? How do you Maricopa? I mean, you had a treasurer of the state was in charge of the election in Arizona. How how is that even overseeing their own election for people? That how do you, yeah. yeah? How do you? How is that legal? That's how's that legal? That's like saying I'm the judge, the jury, and executioner all at the same time. But again, I I I have actually a more optimistic viewpoint on this since going to Florida. You can change these things on a local level. You really can. You can go to Florida and say, you know what. You win. Have it. Have it. Have Brooklyn. Turn it into a copy paradise. Don't care. Enjoy the rats on the ground yeah, and the snow in the air. You're Ugh. giving up you're giving up ground and like it just you can't that's Who cares? Well, yeah. Where's your family from? We were born we're we're from Sicily. Why why aren't we they born. why aren't you in Sicily right now? I know Sicily. Italy now is becoming a good country now. Actually under <laughs> conservative leader there. My my family you know, they were like, these fucking ground ain't growing no fucking potatoes. Gone. Sometimes greener pastures, bro. I know. Sometimes you got to consolidate power. Let the thing happen. If you're not going to fight or you don't have the capacity to fight, you don't have the knowledge, the willingness, or the resources to fight, 
Peace. Why fight? Sun Tzu, the art of war. That's it. I'm going to go down to paradise. Why fight it? Right. I'm not going to be a martyr for the cause. You're like these guys want to protest tomorrow. You guys want to protest tomorrow, and then we'll go to the comments real quick. You guys want to protest tomorrow out in New York, and you want to get arrested and be a martyr for the cause? No way. Why? If anybody's going to do anything like that, listen. If you're going to protest, I hope that it's civil, legal, and peaceful. But give the Democrats credit. Don't get seen. Give the Democrats credit. When when the protests were happening, the BLM riots were happening. Everybody in Hollywood, every one of these Democrats, what did they do? They got on Twitter. They created a fund. They created a bail fund. They created an organization. They're like, hey. There's nobody There's nobody Republican. You get, you get hemmed up. You get hemmed up burning the city to the ground in my name. I got your back. And they took over every city in America. Yep. It was a takeover, a hostile takeover of this nation. They wanted They it. painted their flag. Yep. They painted their flag 100 yards long in front of the capital of every fucking city that matters in this country. In Portland, Oregon, right? They Didn't they have those federal agents in the building try to burn that building down? Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Portland, Oregon. <laughs> but you going to tell me the Koch brothers can't put together a fund? The Republicans want, lose because it. the Republicans deserve exactly. to lose. They don't want it. No. Libertarians don't have a say in this country because they don't put their money on the table. They say this: the, it was stolen. The, the The election was stolen. I remember playing tennis with this guy once, and uh, I called a ball out that was questionable. But my friend said, "Ah, if you're not stealing, you're not trying." So I was like, "Ah, interesting." You know, and and that's, you're, and, and, yeah, you're not cheating. You're not trying, right? Cheating, yeah. whatever. Greatest fighter of all time gets two uh, two eye pokes a fight. <laughs> like, you know, oh my god! You know he's just he's just fighting his distance. You know, hey, listen, the rules are there; they exist for a reason. Hey, in my in my case, the rules are there, but they're only arbitrarily applied. Arbitrarily applied. Victim of guilt by association. That's it. Guilt by association. That Where? that's the yes, whole well. mind for you. Omri, what do we got in the comments, bud? Yeah, we got a couple questions. Uh, this first one is uh, another one for Runaway Slav. Uh, it goes uh, to you, Sal. Can you uh, talk a little bit about what diversi- uh, diversity of thought you see in terms of uh, gun owner, like private gun ownership inside police departments? Because uh, they say that they see like some sheriffs are like, I'm not going to enforce any gun laws. And then some of them are just waiting to take them. I see, as far as New York City goes and New York State, you're going to have the upper regions of New York State would definitely probably not go against the Constitution versus New York City where they would be jumping up and down saying, we're going to confiscate all the guns. You'd probably break down into who's really more of a conservative county or town and what is a liberal or Democrat county or town. Because the sheriffs, some sheriffs are... You know, they believe in the Constitution and know that you can't just confiscate people's guns. That's insane. They even think they're going to round people up. But that's like Nazi Germany kind of stuff. But you will find some of the sheriffs and some people in law enforcement that are like, oh, we'll do this because they want to be, like you said, they're godless and they just believe in the state. Oh, they told me to do it, so I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's great. We're going to do whatever they tell us to do and... Hopefully I could get to the end of my career with my pension or I'll be more powerful and I'll join the elite. That's what you have. That's, that's, that's what law enforcement is in a nutshell. Me personally, I would never enforce that. In fact, I think they try to make gun-free zone or whatever it was in, in, in Times Square. You, you should be allowed in this country, you have a Second Amendment right, right? Now, I'm not a big gun buff. I just know that, listen... You have that right. We have that right in the state, right? This state in Florida, we have that where you can carry. You just go and get your, your uh, carry permit, and they'll, they'll give it to you as long as you don't have a record or you're not a felon. 
So why are we now trying to say, well, you're a licensed gun owner, but we, we're going to take your guns. But see that gang of people over there that like, you know, that, that listen to WAP and all that? Those guys are allowed to keep their guns. And if they shoot somebody, we're going to let them out of prison. And that's how New York City works. That's middle, how Chicago works. Middle class 18-year-old white women listen to Rob, WAP, not, yeah. not, not gangsters. Anybody, can anybody who thinks they're a gangster. I listen to WAP because it's a bop. I'm just, I'm just, I'm using it as an example. But any of these, you know, any rap song you hear is always talking about the gat. We got to shoot them up. All the, they're well, basically instigating you. Yep. So, yeah, in I, fairness, there's a whole lot of country music that's like, I got my gun out, my dog's asshole. Yeah. I'm just saying, that's all I think. What else you got there, Aubrey? And then the next question, this one's from, uh, from Reckon It. Uh, he's asking if you have some gritty New York City cop stories, cop horror stories that you're interested in sharing? Let's see. Gritty. Gritty horror stories. That would Is that concerning other police officers or anything in the street? Anything in the street. Go back Go back to your days as a, you know, as a, as an apprentice for the mob. Yeah, an apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, that actually... Uh, you're learning. That's... That's kind of the you you asked the other day, Ron. The, so the impetus of like me and Gerard's friendship was I was watching like I I am like a little bit of like a mafia junkie. Like I love the movies, I love the the stories, and uh, I was watching a, a Sammy the Bull podcast, and Gerard was on, and that was when of the, the po- I've listened to you know thousands of podcasts. The only person I ever reached out to after was Gerard. Because he was talking his politics and he was making it very palatable and like you know like interesting and just made it it made sense you know what I mean the stuff he was talking. Um, and then it turns out he uh, he picked against me at the CM Punk fight, uh, but whatever. Oh, wow. I, so I find I find uh, yeah really he lost uh, out there. Yeah, I lost like fifteen hundred on that. I thought it was I thought it was a work though. I was like they're gonna get this good looking kid from Jersey and CM Punk's gonna beat him up a little bit and then the next fight's gonna be a lot of money. I thought CM it was like a Punk. Jake Paul type thing. <laughs> Fucking anyway, 30, 36 seconds of that, I was like, "Fucking, this is brutal." I wondered with with uh, you're growing up, any interesting you know stories or run-ins and, and stuff like that with uh, with you know mob figures. Uh, growing up, I hate to say this. I don't know if I should say this. You mentioned the character Sammy the Bull. I didn't, I'm going to tell you, I didn't know. I did not know who this man was until I saw him testify in front of a jury in 1992. And I could tell you many people that don't know who he was. So you're saying um, he wasn't as as prolific he, of a figure? He may not have been as big as he's making himself out to be. I'm just telling you, I was in Bensonhurst. I never heard of this guy until he was on the, on the screen. He was underboss, though. Alle- right? Allegedly. I don't know about that whole, you know, I don't know how they structure their, their family or whatever, but I mean, I mean, later on you hear all these things now. You see how he was, uh, his whole past and his criminal, but I, he, he's a, he's voting now, right? Is he allowed to vote? Because I think he votes Republican. I think he does. Yeah, he does. So he, he did, does. Yeah. He did, uh, he's a reformed uh, criminal <laughs> in my book. Uh, I, I, I'm all for it. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I, growing up, I didn't, I, I, we never heard of his name. Really? And I was in the same, I guess, these cafes. Nobody but but ever you had heard of the other, other people's names? Of course. I would say John Gotti would be a name that was thrown around a lot in the neighborhood because of the stature of who he was. Huh. So John Gotti was, people understood, oh, if you see this guy, you know, he's, he's, you know, you know who he is. But he didn't come around. I never saw, I never, I've never, I mean, now he passed away. I, I never, I never saw John Gotti in person. And I met, grew up in, in Brooklyn, 
I was there at least till 1989. I was seven, eight years old. I'd go around with my father, and we, and again, we never really heard his name mentioned, or he never came to the neighborhood. I never saw him. I understand that he did come to the neighborhood at some point, but me as a kid, I never ran into to him. Now, later on, as a cop, as I became a cop, you know, some figures you might know, like I, I used to work in Brighton Beach, and there were plenty of these uh, Russians, Russian. Or Ukrainian or whatever they are, these these figures that were like uh, considered organized crime. I actually pulled a, a few of them over. I think one of them I actually uh, locked up. He was actually uh, believed to be uh, in the federal case. And like a couple of weeks later, I saw his name in a newspaper. I'm like that guy was DWI. So I stopped some big Russian gangster and put him in as a DWI. Which oh, is crazy. And and, and so. I, when you were a young cop coming out of there, did they ever try to like recruit you? Did they ever try to get you to, to you know to come on on their side on their you know? No, I think these people, the neighborhood always liked me because I was always I'm a people's person. I try to like I want to do the right thing by people. As far but as far as organized crime figures goes, later on as a cop, the most you would see is those the, the Russian ones, and you would just stay away if you don't want to crisscross. It's more you know if you see him in the street, there's nothing you can do. But I never want to associate with any of these people. But you would know where they are and who they are. And sometimes as, a, as you know, you work in the command, you would want to keep an eye on these places, say if anything happens, you know, it's going to be whatever it is, whatever the guy's name is. or the, these This place belongs to these people, so just look out. You know, there's a place, I believe, on, like, Coney Island Avenue that was like that. It was a uh, – I forgot the name of it, but it was always a part. It was always a problem there. Every if it's people fighting – there could be organized crime figures there from the from the Russians. So, you, so you always had to keep an eye and just as long as nobody got killed or there, there was no assaults, you'd be okay. But then I would always get a drunk driver. So, by the, before the end of the night, I wasn't even there because I would be bringing a guy back to the precinct. So, that's how, that's how the life was. But growing up, Bensonhurst was definitely John Gotti's name. Everybody knew who he was. Luckily, I never ran into him, but. I, I've never heard Samuel Bull's name until I saw him in television when he was testifying. Even as a so police you, officer, you, you did? As you a did? police officer, yes. I'm saying as the, my time growing up. Growing up. As you get older, yes, then you find out. Yeah, you know. So are, are you, you think saying, he's embellishing his his role? <sighs> quite, quite. Allegedly? Bad, Allegedly, there's a, there's, there's a lot. He's There's a lot to go on with Samuel Bull. Is some people say he's this. Some people say he's that. I think, you know, has he paid his debt to society is the question. I mean, he spent how many years in prison? Probably like 20? 20 years. Yeah, like 20 years in prison. He spent a long time in prison for a guy, you know, whatever he, they, they said he did. You know, he, he murdered people. He, he was a Shylark. He did all these things. But, you know, he paid his debt to society. In my book, you know, he's, what, he's 80 years old now. Something like that. I'd say he's you know, a tough, intimidating eighty-year-old. He's a tough guy. Yeah, he's a, he's an old. He was in. Uh, he's an old school kind of guy. You spent a lot of time with him in uh, with doing mafia stuff. I want to say a lot of time, but spent yeah. enough time. You know what's interesting? Spent, like he's, ten he's hours of some, filming. He's got some great stories. No, oh, of course, 40 he, he's got, he's got, he does. Have, I, I you know. He's I a great storyteller. I tell he, you what, man. I seen his uh, podcasts are like very interesting. He's you know he telling stories. He remembers it like it was yesterday. Now. I don't know if all of that is true. Might have misremembered. <laughs> he could have, as Roger Clemens clearly said one time in front of Congress, I may have misremembered. <laughs> it's it's unknown because, you know, you're only hearing one side of the story, you know. 
So I don't know. I mean, it's in a long time Some of the ago. people aren't there to people, say their piece. That's right. People aren't alive anymore to say anything. You can't crisscross and call, you know, say, hey, wait a minute. That may or may not have happened. So it's, and then, of course, there's the whole case he had with the government and government got involved. And obviously then John Gotti, which is funny because, you know, I think Rudy Giuliani was trying to prosecute this man. And how many mistrials did he have? John Gotti. Like, Talk about John Gotti. Yeah, like four or five. Well, yeah, well, it, um uh, Sammy claims to have rigged all those juries he, for John. He, so if he's rigging these juries, there's a four or five of them, right? Yeah, the Teflon Don. Now you see all this effort they put in. Now, what about that? They're going after these guys that were like a thousand feet from the from the Capitol on January 6th. And oh, the, this person was waving a flag and they like sent 30 guys to the house. Were they doing that for John Gotti when they knew this guy was a drug dealer and, a, you know, he's a menace in the neighborhood? They fought four or five trials, mistrial. Come on. This is, that's where you question everything right there. I mean, this is a Whitey Bulger. He was an informant at Live Forever. God knows how many guys he got. What about, uh, who was that other guy? Would have uh, been more fair if you had uh, stayed in the Russian mob, huh? Yeah, the Russian mob. <laughs> you got you to stay away from those guys. Uh, there was another guy. Um, he was uh, the, the Grim Reaper. Remember? Oh, Scarpa. So Scarpa, he's a guy that was working for the Fed's Whacking people all over the neighborhood, and it's nobody said anything about. I grew that. up went down old, to Mississippi. Dude, I grew up in Old Bridge, New Jersey. My father moved out in the early nineties. Two houses from over. Brooklyn. Yep, two houses over, Greg Scarpa, and then three oh, houses God. over, three houses over, Nick Sacco, FBI agent. <laughs> Just I come, I come home one day it's from a school. Pot. Yeah, I'm like in fifth grade. There's cop cars everywhere. My mom grabs me by the collar. We gotta get out of here. My dad's like, what the fuck did I move to Jersey for? This is... <laughs> he's, he's a funny part. He just mentioned he had the FBI agent and Craig Scarpa right across the street, right? So technically, he would be associating with someone who's likely to have engaged in criminal activity, right? Right. You wave so to you, him while you're going to get your paper. Now, do you see how ridiculous that rule is? If you really look at it, look how ridiculous. So a federal agent lives across the street from a informant well, slash hey, killer Lind I would Lindell, find it Lindell Vecchio the famous line hey we're gonna win this thing yeah. it would be we're so difficult like I you know uh, in in uh, you know the MMA world there's a lot of like kind of you know outlaw types so there's also like we have cops in the gyms as well yeah so would, would that mean like a, a cop would have to leave the you know there's plenty of people who, I, that's brother, what I'm saying I, I just came back from a gig in in uh Daytona Beach for Bike Week. One of the interesting things in the world was seeing the the leathers on the back, and it's PD this that, that you know, uh, you know Scottsdale Police Department, and over here you know Hell's Angel Outlaws, and I'm like these guys are just hanging out at the bar together. Bike Week, man, it's like a detente. <laughs> yeah, I, I listen. Association is what it is. All right, I I, I get it. You you don't want corruption. You don't want to facilitate an environment of corruption. I understand. You- perhaps. But that's, you just mentioned a key word. You, want, you don't want the environment of, let's say, corruption. But are you assisting in any furtherance of any crime? That's the main goal here. Just because you know somebody doesn't mean now you're helping them commit crime. If you're not doing any of that, you just happen to, like, know the guy, then... It's also well, it kind of like a silly rule. It's also very telling that we're, we're comparing Roger Stone to John Gotti and Sammy the Bull Gravano. I, here. Just, <laughs> like, they, well, the, the way that the way they want to paint him is to be worse than that. Or like I saw this morning, they were putting guardrails in front of the DA's office. The last time I saw that, 
El Chapo was being brought into New York City. They shut down the Brooklyn Bridge. I remember it like it was yesterday. I said, "Who's? why is it like a ghost town? What is all this action here? And they told me, oh, you, you didn't know? Like, what, what? El Chapo. What do you mean El Ch- Chapo's here? They brought Chapo here. I saw that there was government cars, and they brought them from Brooklyn. They were I don't know what exactly they were bringing them here. Like, so all these guardrails, this is, I go, yeah, it's hard for you to get in. And even with my IDs, I was a cop. I, was, I had a case. I'm like, what? What is this? El Chapo is here. So this is what I'm, I'm saying. So they, sh- they shut everything down for El Chapo. Now they're doing the same thing because I don't know what they have planned. For El Maga. The, uh, the king of Maga. Do you have, uh, Omri, do we have one more comment from the, from the thread we want to get in? Uh, yeah, I have one more question. This is from uh, Mr. Misak Chotit. Nice. Uh, yeah, uh, his, his question is, do you think that the BLM riots could have acted, counted as an act of terrorism because they had political backing. Mm-hmm. I, listen, if you want me to answer that, I'd say it right away. <laughs> 100% that's uh, domestic terrorism at, at its finest. Anyone that doesn't prosecute that, you should really look in the mirror at yourself and say, you know, what? why aren't you doing that? There's obviously political implications. There's probably donations going through people's pockets. There's a lot of games they play behind behind closed doors. But if you're, you know, if you're a prosecutor and you look at it that way, then maybe you're in the wrong line of business. I understand. Listen, people make their own decisions, and they, you know, they're doing things that are good for their career, or they're fearful of things. I have no uh, judgment, but you know, I'm just saying, maybe you're in the wrong line of business. If you got in this business to try to do the right thing, and you're letting that go on, and now you want to say that grandma waving her flag on a lawn somewhere is should be in prison for 25 years. I, I don't know. That's that sounds like that screams of uh, hypocrisy and double standards to me. Yeah. Listen, I was walking through when the protests were happening. I had shows in St. Louis. I had shows in Indianapolis. And one of the saddest things in the world was seeing the, the, the signs up on the businesses like we support Black Lives Matter. We support hate has no. And it was basically like putting the, the red blood over the wall, over, over yeah. you know, so so that, you know, it would pass over and not kill the first right. child. You yeah, know, and, it's, and, and, you know I, I say this because. If they were, pro- if you protest, that's fine. As long as you're not throwing a Molotov cocktail, tr- trying. That's the problem. It's the violence. No, I'll, t- I'll tell you. No violence. I'll tell you what else is the peaceful, problem. Peaceful. The, the problem is when you protest at where you should protest, which is the seat of government, that's considered terrorism. Yeah. But when you protest in front of a business or you loot a business, that's just angst and anger you and all this other thing. Gonna- so, so the business people aren't the people that are suppressing or repressing anybody, folks. It's the government. Right. So oddly enough, it's a, it's a peaceful protest as long as you loot a, a target and you burn down a mom and pop cafe. But where you cross the line with this corrupt government that we have is when you you bring it to their doorstep. Yeah. They don't care what you do as long as you're killing somebody else's dream and finances, but bring it to their doorstep. Now you're a terrorist. I'll mean, tell you a quick story. So, you know, I was I was in New York City uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we had an event. It was called Martini Night with Roger Stone. So me and Roger in New York City, the New York Republicans had this event. We were having it in Little Italy in my friend's place. And uh, this is truly a divine act of, of the Lord here. 80... Protesters, or you want to call them uh, agitators or whatever, were lined up outside screaming for blood, blocking the entrance to the restaurant. It's just, you know, same old, same old. As we, me and Roger, get into our vehicle to go, which is about 20, 15 minutes away, it begins to rain hellaciously. So that's an, a divine act happens of just the rain comes down. They all dispersed, and as we show up, 
It stops raining, and there's only one or two people saying something that they said, you should be in jail, some old grand lady, some old grandma or something. Roger just walks in, goes straight into place, me and him get him, and all that negative, all these protest, all these people were gone. Yeah, you it know what? I respect the greatest that. Like, events I'll, I'll I've protest. ever been at. I respect it. I'll protest, but only if it's not an inconvenience. I'm yeah, not but, getting wet for but, my viewers. But why, you know why, are you, why are you blocking the entrance? What is your problem? Why are you trying to, like, shut this guy's business down? To intimidate you. There's nothing. To but intimidate you. That, I don't agree with that. You want to protest as one thing. Keep, you know, it's legal. But don't be blocking someone's business. Don't be blocking the doors because that's that's anarchy. Why and, do you want anarchy? Because they're godless people. And with that, Mick, you got any last statements? No, very interesting. Thanks for sharing your story with us. We got to get you back on. Uh, I feel oh. like we keep you know we could go longer, but uh, yeah, especially in the in the wake of of uh, the discovery and all that that you have oh, coming yeah. up. You know, wish you the best. And uh, one more time, how can uh, people support you? Well, listen, you you could. You could support me by going to helpthisnycop.com. Like I said, you could give a small donation or you want to buy a shirt. That really goes a long way. But your prayers and your support is what's really making a difference here because what seemed insurmountable at one point now seems inevitable. It'll be a straight battle all the way to the end with this. And I like to say this. I have no ill will towards anyone I mentioned today, whether it was Cardi B Sammy the Bull, <laughs> Michael Francis. I'm an actual fan of the guy because he does like cops and he's a big fan. So, Mike, I love what you're doing out there. If you're listening, uh, I pray for everybody and I believe people can be reformed and that's how I am and that's what the Lord wants. And I walk with Christ and that's why I believe that people could be redeemed, even if it looks like they're it's it, it's impossible. It is not inevitable. Yep. Well said. Well said. You know, all things are possible. Through Rudy's Flowers, WI.com. That's Rudy's Flowers, <laughs> WI.com. This has been Slick and Thick. I'm Gerard Michaels. That's the great Mickey Gall. This has been Sal Greco, and we will see you guys Friday at 1 p.m. Peace. Peace.